Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Welcome in, everybody. Sports take on this Monday. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett, and Root from Arizona. Good to see you, as always, my friend Gunner, hanging out with you uh, on a Monday that, if you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan, is a tough pill to swallow, man. Gunner, I always say there are some, there are losses, and then there are losses, man. Yeah. And this is one that will leave a mark. This is one that will leave a scar. This is a game that you had. You were up 10 at the half. Mm-hmm. Teams going into last night's game in the Super Bowl with a double-digit lead were 26-1. and one. The only loss was that Falcons game where Kyle Shanahan fell apart in that yeah. game. And yeah. Matt Ryan to uh, to Tom Terrific and whatnot. But Eagles end up losing the game 38-35 to the Chiefs. Uh, so, well, listen, this is going to be a full-blown recap of everything that went down in the game. You know, interestingly enough, you and I, I think we're kind of on the same page this week in that there was a lot of chatter in the Philadelphia area that this was going to be some kind of blowout, some kind of game where the Eagles are going to run away with it. And right. I don't want to speak for you. I didn't see yeah. it at all. I thought this was tight down to the wire kind of game. The Chiefs are just too damn good to get blown out by the Eagles. Well, I mean, we, we we were in unison last week. I kept saying it was a close game. You kept saying it's a close game. Barrett thought it was going to be a blowout, and the whole region thought it was going to be a blowout because of what the Eagles did to the Giants, to the 49ers. But people didn't listen. I, I kept telling them last week, Mahomes and Andy Reid, Andy Reid and Mahomes are that dude. They are that dude. And people didn't want to hear it when I kept saying, you have to discount. You have to discount all the rookies they were playing on the back end because they had played much better from mid-December on. The fact that they were still the number one offense in a league after 17 games, the fact that they were the number one scoring offense, that dude that just won the MVP again the other night through 41 touchdown passes, mm-hmm. you can't overlook this kind of stuff, you know. And I understand, yes, the Eagles had the superior team on paper. But you know what? And we talk about this all the time. The best team on paper doesn't always win it. You right. know, that undefeated that undefeated New England team that went 17-0, and they got beat by the Giants mm-hmm. in a Super Bowl. It happens. Yep. It happens, you know. And I understand why people were jacked up. If people had been a little bit more even keel, excited, but this fan base was jacked up about them crushing the, the, the Chiefs and and everything. But see, now that we look at it in hindsight, people are crashing down now. It's not like a, it's not like the Phillies when they lost to Houston in the World Series. As much as we wanted the Phillies to win, the better team won that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and like that's where I'm at with this. Like, I'm not going to sit here and make an excuse over a holding call from Bradbury. It's a borderline call. It's probably one you let go. But here's the way I look at it. There were four possessions the Chiefs had in the second half. Yep. Three touchdowns and a field goal. And the field goal very easily would have been 
a touchdown had they yeah. not chose to slide down and just milk the, the clock with, to make the smart play, by the way. They made the smart McKinnon, play. McKinnon made the best play of the Absolutely. game. Absolutely. No question. Your defense that had been so vaunted all year got dominated in the second half in the biggest moments. Your defense that had 78 sacks going into this game had none. In fact, Gunner, they had one tackle for a loss. So if you want to look at why they lost the game, right. that's why they lost the game. You also gave up a crap ton of yards on the ground in the rushing attack. Kansas City was able to run the ball, stay committed to running the ball. In fact, they ran it 26 times for 158 yards. That's 6.1 yards per carry, meaning you got dominated in the air because Mahomes was, what, 13 for 14 in the second half? Second half, yep. And you got dominated on the ground. And, you know, basically it was a tail two halves. The Eagles' offense didn't let the Chiefs' offense get on the field in the first half. No. Second half, the Chiefs' offense didn't let the Eagles' offense get on the field. Flip the script on them. 100%. And Andy Reid outcoached Nick Sirianni in the Eagles coaching staff. Steve Spagnuolo outcoached yes. the, the, Eric Bieniemy. Their coaches collectively did a far superior job, and their players did a far superior job. Let's not let the players off the hook with all just, just the Gannon blame. And by the way, let me just say this. Gannon got his ass handed to him. Uh, as a defender, as yes. a Gann wagon guy, yep. I keep it real. You know that. I, I know. Punches. I he, know stunk yesterday he now you, now you now you understand why i could never totally get on the gan wagon I because of things that i saw and i and i know people don't want to hear this and the stats are what they are but look at the teams they ran up these stats on defensively man yeah. nine sacks here eight sacks there. look at the quality of opponent they ran up those stats on mm-hmm. they, okay well they beat aaron Rodgers with no receivers and Rodgers didn't finish that game Right. Well, they beat Minnesota. Minnesota's a fraud. We kept saying that all season long. Okay. They, they beat the Giants three times. The Giants were a growing team. The Giants weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs. Right. Okay. So they beat inferior opponent because they had the superior teams. Mm-hmm. You went up against the best of the best and you failed. Exactly. And you failed. I mean, it's, it's and that's not nitpicking. Those are the facts. And I'm not surprised that Gannon got his butt handed to him by Andy Reid yesterday. Can we stop this myth also? I mean, people like, can we stop? Andy Reid's an overrated coach. I don't want to hear that anymore. Yeah. I don't want to hear that anymore. Darren. Andy Reid's been to four Super Bowls. He's two and two, and he's he's won two of his last three appearances in the Super Bowl. No question. I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, he has he cemented, as if he hadn't already, but if you if you had any questions, he just rubber stamped, you know, the, the legend of Andy Reid. That's for sure. And by the way, how about Mahomes being f- five years as a starter? Okay. Oh my goodness. He's won multiple MVPs, multiple Super Bowl MVPs, multiple Super Bowls. Yes. You know, he is quickly rising and he's got it probably at least 10 years in front of him, by the way. He has quickly rise rose, in my opinion, into any conversation. I'm not saying he's Brady, but I'm saying he is skyrocketing up the list really, really fast. That's I'm just not, a I'm, great football player. I'm not gonna say he's Brady, but he's the new GOAT. He is yeah. the new goat in the NFL. Absolutely. No question. Before Absolutely. the game, there was speculation and rumors circulated that Andy Reid has said basically to the media, I have a decision to make after this game. As soon as that game was over, what did Andy Reid say? Well, I'll be back next year. No Who question. Wouldn't what, come what, back? what would you would you walk away from? You got Patrick Mahomes. Not only you, that, you did this with multitudes of rookies and second year yeah, players. You're young and you have a great front office to support you. Like if your health's right, you're not walking away from this. 
You won 17 out of 20 games with a bunch of rookies on the back end of your defense, a no rookie doubt. defensive end, a second-year middle linebacker, and a bunch of cast-offs at wide receiver. Everybody thought they were going to the, the dumpster when Tyreek Hill went to Miami, and you picked up a guy from Pittsburgh. You picked up a guy from Green Bay. You picked up a cast-off from the Giants. And what did you do in that system? You made them stars in that system. Mm -hmm. That's all you did. And I want to go back to your boy Gannon for just a moment. Now, I understand the field conditions were atrocious. The NFL should be ashamed of themselves for allowing that to happen. But Kansas City had receivers run, running wide open all over the field all game long. Even when the Eagles were up by 10 points. Kansas City had receivers free all – in the second half, it just got worse. It was like Jonathan Gannon went to prevent, prevent defense because dudes was in the flats, over the middle – the one, the one pass, and, and I can't remember if it was the third or fourth quarter, Mahomes hits Schuster along the sideline. He's wide open. Uh, Avante Maddox let him go, and the safety never came over. And after the play, you see Slay and Avante yelling at each other. That's when you know you're inside a defense's head. That When you have defensive players bickering like that, that's when you know you have a problem with your personnel and your scheme. And people are always saying, you know, why would you why would you defer when you take the opening kickoff when you win the coin toss? Why would you defer? Well, this is Kansas City. Why wouldn't you defer? Because sure enough, they're down 10 points at halftime. They get the ball coming out in the second half. They go right down the field, meticulous drive right down the field, punch it in the end zone. Now they're within three. And you cannot tell me that did not shake the Eagles' vaunted defense up. You cannot tell me that. Because – this defense could not get to Mahomes. The closest they got to Mahomes the whole game, he was falling forward. He flips the pass, and Travis Kelsey picks it up off the turf and makes a catch. Everything the Eagles thought they could do, Kansas City kept telling them, no, you cannot. And I know a lot of people want to say, fire Gannon, fire Gannon, and maybe so. I personally think Gannon just cost himself the job in Arizona. I honestly believe that. Um when you're on the biggest of big stage, when you put up those kind of numbers, 78 sacks combined regular season and postseason, your defense puts more pressure on anybody else in the National Football League. Your rotation is second to none on defense in terms of getting pressure. And basically everybody on your defense was a no-show. All of your four-digit pass rushers, your vaunted uh, beef in the middle of that defensive line, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, where were you? Where were you? Because it wasn't like Kansas City was hitting you with a bunch of outside zone reads on a running game. They were trapping you to the inside, and you never adjusted. Didn't make a difference if you were in a four-man front or a five-man front. And much of the time, they were in the four-man front, dropping more people back into coverage, and the Chiefs still had players running free up and down the field. How is that possible? I don't care if you're playing zone. I don't care if you're playing man-to-man. -man. You had extra people back in coverage, and Kansas City was still finding people wide open in the middle of the field, down the sidelines. We can blame a lot of this on Jonathan Gannon's scheme. How about blaming the personnel that makes a lot of money, that made a lot of names for themselves this season, not showing up in the biggest game of all? 
Where were you, Darius Slay? Bradbury, you you played a decent game. You got caught. Now I'll give I'll, I'll give Bradbury credit for one thing. He came out after the game. He said, "Yes, I was holding." He said, "But I thought the refs might let it go, but they did." Now everybody was holding. Everybody was holding the whole game. It, it, it it's just the nature of the beast. Everybody's holding. But Bradbury got caught, and everybody said it was a bogus call. Questionable call, yes. Bogus call, no. The player himself said, yeah, I was holding. That's all I need to hear. James Bradbury stood up, took the heat, was held accountable, held himself accountable for getting caught at a crucial moment of the game, and it cost him. I thought the Eagles had a pretty good game plan in the first half. They went down the field. They scored. But the defense lets Kansas City go right back down the field and score. Eagles get the lead back again. All of a sudden, Jalen Hurts does something he does not normally do. Jalen Hurts drops the ball. Initially, when you're looking at it, you're thinking somebody stripped him. He was switching hands, dropped the ball. Nick Bolton picked it up, touchdown. But you still had a 10-point lead and have to see. You tried to leave me, Rob. Are you I'm back? sorry, I'm here. Are you back now? I promise I'm here. Yeah, I don't do. Yes, I'm with you. My apologies. My apologies. I'm not going anywhere, man. I promise. I got like triple digit backups going here, so we should be fine. But but it, it's it's a game of momentum. It's a game yep. of inches and centimeters. You had the Chiefs dead to right after dead to rights after the first thirty minutes of this game. Yep. You had them dead to rights, and the little things that got you to the Super Bowl. You couldn't do consistently over the last 30 minutes. You couldn't do it all. You couldn't get off the field. No. You let them walk down the field. And I was talking about, Rob, how everybody talks about when you win the coin toss. In a game like this, why would you defer? Now you saw why Kansas City deferred. Kansas City was not worried about the Eagles. The only thing Kansas City was worried about was picking up their pace and playing their game. Now, whatever they saw, and that extended halftime, 29 minutes instead of 12 minutes, mm -hmm. gave Andy Reid and his coaching staff an extra 17 minutes to figure this thing out. Yep. And my goodness, yeah. did they figure it out. Boy, Plain did they ever. Yeah, you're right. This is – yeah, like, you know, I think you and I are very similar in this sense. Like, I, I would never sit here – I don't make excuses. The Eagles lost the game, period. This wasn't about Bradbury. No. This wasn't about slippery turf or any no. of that kind of stuff. It is about you not getting the job done. It's about you not being able to get stops. You know, I'll ask you this, Derek. Other than maybe the C.J. Gardner-Johnson hit uh, on Pacheco, which was nasty. Woo! Okay? That was, was Big time, big time. Other than that, tell me who stepped up and made a play on defense. Nobody. Anybody. Give me any of the 11 that were out there. Nobody. I said Nobody, going into right? this game, when we talked on Friday with Barrett, um, we were talking about the best way to stop Kelsey. And I said, you don't stop Kelsey. You try to contain him. Comes out of the gate, they doubled him. They had a guy in front of him, a guy behind him. He catches the pass anyway. First pass, mm -hmm. he catches right between them. Okay. Yep. He had three catches for 60 yards in the first half. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to have 10, 12 catches. He did what he was supposed to do. When they tried to take him, when they tried to take him out of the game, all of a sudden, some guy named Sky Moore pops up. Smith Schuster. Smith Schuster pops up. He got on a run there in the third. He came out in the third quarter. It was like that was that that was the most impressive thing. Whatever mm -hmm. they identified in the Eagles coverage or lack thereof, they knew that Schuster could be the guy. Now, did you see Kansas City dropping any passes in this no. game? 
What the heck was Quez Watkins doing? That was a perfectly thrown ball. He stinks. Perfectly okay. thrown ball. Yeah, it's enough with him. That he doesn't he should not be on the team next year. You need to upgrade your third wide receiver position in a big way. Plain and simple. To me, he's John Hightower part two. Yeah, he is. I think Hightower contributes more. Like, I don't care that he has speed. I hear that all the time. You can find a lot of guys who can run. You got to be able to catch the ball. You know, the running part's great because it gets you open. But if you can't catch it, who cares? Who cares? You're a liability and not an asset. You know, and you just can't have – they got away all year with a sketchy special teams. And they they overcame it because they were just, you know, either better than the team or just didn't bite them or whatever. You had one job to do if you're Aaron Sippos, one. And he kicked it the other way from where the coverage was headed. He shanked it. It was short, and it was the wrong side for where the coverage was headed. And that kills you. You can't turn the ball over and gift them seven points on an unforced error, and you essentially can't give up what amounted to basically a touchdown on a, on a punt. I know they punched in three plays later. You can't do that. If you do that against a good team in a Super Bowl, you lose. Like it, as much as the defense to me is the ultimate culprit, those plays are what killed you. They killed you, and it's a shame because Jalen Hurts was awesome. We awesome. we talk we talk about how the Eagles don't have a dangerous threat in the return game. Kansas City has several. Yep. Because if you go back to the Cincinnati game, it was Sky Moore who took a punt back and put them in prime position. Yep. Uh, to to get a touchdown. That ended up being the game-winning field goal yes. drive. Yep. Okay, in this game, Tony was back there. Of all people, Kadaris Tony, who was a cast off of the Giants, mm-hmm. he's back there. And, and what does he do? He takes what sixty something yards and puts them in, in prime position. Yeah, you know, you knew the specialty. Everything that we thought was corrected with this Eagles team in a regular season mm-hmm. came to surface. We thought the run defense was fixed. We thought special teams was fixed. We thought uh, Jonathan Gannon. And Nick Sirianni's uh, Nick Sirianni's play calling ability and scheme calling ability had been fixed. Everything that we had concerns about in the regular season that we felt good about going into the playoffs, the way they ran over the Giants and the 49ers blew up on them in this one game, the most 100%. important game of the year. In the most important spot. Yeah, you you gotta have everything buttoned up. You gotta have your eyes dotted, your T's crossed in this kind of game. And there's no doubt in my mind that Andy Reid with the adjustments they made at the half and Spags and the enemy, everybody across the board, they outcoach. I mean, think about how many times, Derek, this year, I'll, I'll go back to something else that we saw all year that the Eagles yeah. were good at. All season long, and I, I there, there may have been one or two instances, I don't remember any kind of time management questions with Nick Sirianni. I don't remember the play clock running down, and all of right. a sudden you, you have to you burn a timeout or you get a delay yes. a game. I don't remember that yes. happening all year. That was all the time last night to the point where they cut away to Sirianni the one time, like get the damn play in is basically what he, I think I cleaned it up a little bit, but that's what he said. <laughs> you, you, could, you could read his lips. Like Steichen came up small, you know, again, and obviously oh came goodness. up small. So this was, you know, really all three of them, your three big boys, throw Michael Clay in there who should be gone, by the way. All of those guys came up small. Meanwhile, Kansas City's guys came up big. Like, there wasn't a sense of urgency enough in the second half. Like I'm screaming, go t- go up tempo just to just to break it up a little bit offensively, and and it took forever to even get to that yeah. point. The, the, what two things that really really caught my eye? Number one, on the touchdown, the Eagles drove down the field to tie it at 35 
they took way too much time. It was an eight-play drive, but it took over four minutes. It was like they were uncertain of what they wanted to do. You yep. played you played 19 games up, 19 and a half games up to this point, and you're not certain about what you want to do at that point. That drive was too methodical, knowing that that other team was getting the ball back, and you hadn't stopped them the entire second half. Mm-hmm. And, and number two, I, and I emphasized this several times on the postgame show, and Seth and Mike Missinelli are like, you're right. I said, look at Kansas City's secondary. They played press coverage the entire game, okay? Yep. They took their lumps. They got burned for a touchdown. They got burned on other big plays. They didn't back off, did they? They kept playing press coverage the entire game. This other defense that had a pro bowl over here should have had a, another pro bowl corner. They, you had pro bowlers. Most of the defense was pro bowl caliber defense. Mm-hmm. It was like they were playing flag football. He wouldn't yeah. come up and play press coverage more than he should have. You got to make Mahomes on one leg stand back there and pat the ball. You let that man get in the rhythm. You gave him the cushions. He killed you underneath. You made no adjustments whatsoever. Your four-man front couldn't get home. Your five-man front couldn't get home. Was the field nasty? Everybody slipping. But guess what? I saw as many Kansas City players slipping and sliding across the field as I did Eagles. They had to play in the same field. As atrocious right. as that field was. They had to play. But they took the Eagles' run game from them, except for Hurts. The second half, they took a lot of the big plays from the Eagles. The Eagles took nothing from Kansas City over that last 30 minutes. Nothing. Kansas City yeah. took what they wanted from this Eagles team in the last 30 minutes. No doubt. There is no question about it. That's why, like, to me, I get frustration with certain things. I get, you know, you prefer they don't call that on Bradbury. I understood. I get the the overturning of the uh, Devontae Smith catch and all that. I get the turf was bad. That's all well and good, and, it, and it's a part of the game. It's a piece of it but it's not ultimately why the Eagles lost this game. There are no, no excuses. They, they no. No. are the ones who weren't able to get it. Like, I'll, I'll give you just to draw an analogy to the to Super Bowl 52, Derek, which you were right there watching the game yeah. in Minneapolis. Yeah. The defense couldn't do anything in that game either, right? And, and Brady's going no. up and down the field. Up, We know. We all know what happened. 500 yeah. yards in the home run. Yeah. When they had to get a stop, when they had to make a play, they made a play. Yes. Brandon Graham gets Rip sack, Barnett recovers, it leads to a field goal, puts you up eight, and then then you get the final play where it doesn't happen, the Hail Mary. But but however that game went, when you had to get a stop and de- when you were desperate, you got one. You didn't get one in this game. No. Plain and simple. No, no. You you got what you needed in the first half. You kept Mahomes off the field. You had the ball almost double the time that Kansas City had the ball mm-hmm. in the first half. You kept that dude off the field, and you, you took advantage of the situation. Instead of getting better, you got a whole lot worse. Not mm-hmm. offensively. I'm just – defensively, you got a lot worse. Yep. And Kansas mm-hmm. City was trapping them left and right on run plays. And I don't understand how a five-man front, this vaunted five-man front that was so stout in the regular season and the first two playoff games, could, had gaping holes in it. Had gaping holes in it. The linebackers were out of position the front four and the front five taking the wrong routes to the quarterback or off the snap. And everywhere you were, Kansas City wasn't. You went this way, Kansas City went that way. You went that way, Kansas City went this way. And the worst offensive lineman on Kansas City's offensive line probably had his best game of the season, Andrew Wiley. Wiley played very well, yeah. Probably his best game of the season. 
And he he was very smart and strategic in that he realized because of the the ridiculous turf situation that Reddick, you know, his game is speed. He's a yep. speed guy. He, yep. he is what he thrives on. And if you can't drive well or cut well or make moves well and you're slipping down, Wiley played right into that and just pancaked him and sat on him. Yeah, and sat but on honestly. Him. And again, I'm, I, this is no excuse, but it, it probably was the worst case scenario in terms of those conditions for a guy like Reddick, who isn't just a power guy. Yeah. And, so, and, and Reddick came out and said after the game, it was probably the worst field he had ever played on before. Yeah. Now, um, my lot said the same thing. My lot said it, we likened it to a water park. Now he didn't, he said it, we were both out there. He said that yeah. he said both yeah. teams were out there. So I'm not making excuses. So uh, I'm just pointing it out. It was, it was like kind of worst case scenario in that sense, but yeah, no excuse. Like we're not like the 49ers and the Cowboys. No. We're not no. sniveling crybaby biatches. We don't sit there and blame that. The Eagles lost the game. It's a bottom line. There's no question about it. You had to see if they if they got blown out right from the start, that's one thing. But they were in position to, to put this game away. And everything they did in the first half, they couldn't do in the second half. They controlled the clock. Mm-hmm. They mixed it well, although they, they didn't run the ball all that well, except for Jalen Hurts. The quarterback run plays were spectacular when he had to be. Yep. But but Hurts the entire game was under too much d- d- distress. Yep, and I don't, I still don't understand that because Kansas City, although they had what fifty five sacks in the season, they're not this elite rushing team, mm-hmm. but yet they found a way they could get consistent. Pre- How many times was Hurts running for his life, throwing the all ball all away? Day. Pure Derek, way. We, went, we went in the game saying the offensive line and the defensive line were the Eagles' strengths. They they, they yep. were they were yep. better across the board both places. Eagles' offensive line didn't do well run blocking because no, no. other than Hurts, nobody could run the ball. Seventeen no. rushes, forty-five yards, two point seven yards per carry. They didn't. They didn't pass block. If you didn't have a guy as mobile as Hurts, they would have had seven sacks last night. Yeah, I, you know what? I agree. I agree because they were chasing that man all over the field, and and the thing is, Spagnola went to zero coverage. Spagnola sent his young troops out there in a lot of zero zero coverages. Because he was going to make Hertz make decisions a lot sooner. And Hertz burned him a number of times, but Spags didn't back off. He nope. did not back off. Jonathan Gannon never came to the party. Nope. His dudes never came to the party. Nope. How, I, Rob, we've watched a lot of football. And, and when you when you have two good teams, when the first 30 minutes is over, the first thing you're thinking is, I can't wait to see the adjustments in the second half. Mm-hmm. Only one team made those adjustments. That yeah. other guy kept playing that, that prevent defense. You know, I don't have – and it just resonates. I don't have a scheme. I have a philosophy. What the heck was your philosophy? And I know coordinators don't – I would love to have seen somebody ask Gannon, what was your philosophy for this game? Mm-hmm. What, I mean, seriously, because whatever it was, you ne- you should never do it again. Never. Well, never when, do it again. After the first two drives, when it's clear Kansas City is just going right down the field on you, Right. Right. Don't you try something else? Now, it may not work, but guess what? Whatever you're doing right now isn't working anyway. So no. if that doesn't work, so be it. But at least you're trying something new here. And for, for those two play, like the, the Sky Moore and the Kadarius Tony touchdown to be the exact same plays just on other sides Atrocious. tells me you made no corrections and no adjustments. And again, I don't want to just lay it on Gannon, but Gannon wears the brunt of this. What were the players doing? What was exactly. Slade doing? What exactly. was Bradbury doing? If you if you look on the two p- touchdown plays that were similar on back-to-back drives, on the first touchdown, when the ball is snapped, 
You have Slay moving to the inside. He's pointing. He's not even looking to see where an outside man is. Right. He's he's inside of he's almost inside of the end, mm-hmm. and he's pointing to the other side of the field. Ball snap. Dude standing wide. You and I could have caught that for a touchdown. There was Derek. There was nobody. Like like the coverage was in Tucson. Okay. There was nobody in the in the vicinity of these guys. And then the next series, on the opposite side, Avante Maddox. The ball snap. He's inside the, 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 the he's inside the tackle. Right. He's looking inside, and the guy's standing at there outside. I know. He's not even looking at outside containment. The, and I'm the, thinking, the, what? the the coaching, the adjustments made, the execution, none of it was there. You know, had, let me put it this way: If Kansas City had, I don't know, three, four more possessions, I have all the confidence in the world they would have scored three, four more touchdowns in I that agree. second half. They I were agree. doing whatever they wanted to do to the Eagles' defense. I thought it was, and I had picked the Eagles to win a thirty to twenty-seven. I was right on the margin of victory, wrong on who was going to win the game. Yeah, I didn't think Kansas City could score 38 points. I knew they were going to push the Eagles to score in the high 20s. I didn't think Kansas City could put up. Kansas City only had 14 points mm-hmm. in the first half. Right. They scored 24 more in the second half. Insane. The Eagles had 270 yards of offense in the first half, a buck 47 in the second half. Mm-hmm. And Miles Sanders – Miles Sanders may have cost himself some money. Yeah, but here's the thing with Miles Sanders. Um, frankly, and he had, a, he had a really good year. You can't trust him. No. You, you can't yeah. trust him. So so the very first play from scrimmage, he reverts back into old school Miles and yes. busted outside when if he would have just stuck his foot in the dirt, he would have gotten at least three yards. He may not have ripped off a big one, but if you just were willing to cut it up, you would have gotten positive yardage. He busts it outside. He fumbles it out of bounds yeah. and loses a yard and takes a big shot on top of it because From he because he busted Yeah. Then, and I understand he was shook up after that, but he comes back in the game later. The play in the third quarter, and again, I thought ultimately it was the right call. They overturned the the, the catch fumble. Right. They called right. it incomplete. But at that point, I'm screaming. Get him off the field, man. Yes, yes. I'll take Gainwell and Boston Scott all day over him. Yes. He can't, he's gone. I mean, he is absolutely gone. Yeah, I don't I, I don't trust him. I think Gain, I think Gainwell is is right now his replacement. And they're gonna either draft another running back in the mid mid round somewhere, or they'll pick up a low level free agent veteran. Agreed. Um as well. But I think Gainwell's yeah, gonna, gonna, gonna be a lead back. They just won't pay a, a running no, back a lot no. of money. You you yeah. look at you look at what Gainwell did in, in the playoff games and the Super Bowl. Gainwell ran like a beast yeah, the yeah. whole playoffs. You know, Miles, you don't know which miles you're gonna get. And, and granted, I'm yeah. not taking anything away from the season he had, his first thousand yard season. He proved he proved his critics wrong about staying healthy from start to finish, something he hadn't do the previous couple of years. But in the biggest of moments, when everybody who's looking for a running back is critiquing you, you came up the smallest this season. You, you came up small. And, and you, your, your ball security now is in question. And, and I think when, you're, when your lead back only has seven carries for, what, 16 yards? Seven carries for 16 yep. yards. It tells me the coaching staff didn't trust him. Didn't trust him. No Did doubt. not trust him at all. When your quarterback yep. has to do the bulk of the running, because he's the most – he, he's more sure-handed than your thousand-yard runner. Mm-hmm. And trust him. And trust him, Rob. Yeah. At that point, absolutely. Look, and he, you know, and again, it's a shame for Hertz, and he did have the big 
big miscue. And we'll talk about the offense in a little bit, but it's a shame because he, he balled out, you know, other than that. And he didn't have a, a ton of help, certainly from his backfield. I thought his receivers made some plays. And I'll tell you, Goddard was brilliant in the third quarter. He made some unbelievable, unbelievable. Whoa, whoa. I mean, it's a shame, Derek. There's going to be some real, like, like Hertz, uh, Goddard, you know, A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae, you know, played their hearts out and it's all going to be for naught. You know, that that's the shame of this thing, but that's that's the way it goes, man. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, let's come back. Let's dig a little bit deeper into into some of the things that went down defensively uh, with this thing. We'll get into the offense. Derek, we'll dive into the free agents uh, that the Eagles had because we talked about it over and over again. This was an opportunity that you had to take advantage of because yeah. I don't care how what kind of magician Howie is, there's going to be a lot of turnover here because there's a lot of dudes be- who are free agents who are going to get paid somewhere else. So we'll dive into that as well. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I am Rob. We are Sports Take on this Monday, rehashing, unfortunately, an Eagles Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs. I'm going to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a very difficult, very challenging thing. I mean, let's face it for all of us, and I was right there for a long time, but I found the right person, and I want you to go with the right person as well. Jim's the best, and whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can assist you with. And I I have personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers to Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. Look, you got to get this right, right? It's all about your family. It's about your future. And Jim is the right person for you. Uh, Just give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you can email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game now streaming on the Six ABC Family of Apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Yes, we are. We are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Deep Dive. I'm Rob Ellis, hanging out with you. Yeah, Gunner, I, th- this was, you know, we both do our post-game shows, right? And it's it's a late night to begin with. And I know you you just hustled back up from uh, from AC uh, this morning. Or did you come yeah. back last night? You came back No, night, drove right? back this morning, yeah. Right. Um, I got back home at about 1130. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things, like, if you – if they win, if it's a good game, you're a little less tired. You're a little less, you know, like beaten down. Right. They lose like the way that they lost, man. And I'm sure every Eagles fan is feeling it. If they're in the office, if they're working from home, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're just out and about, you got the day off, hopefully Uh, it's, this is one you feel like, this is not one you just brush off pretty easily. It's going to take a minute to recover from this bad boy. So, So I wanted to ask you off the top of the show, but we got right into the X's and O's. So, so how are you doing at this moment? When we left the airwaves on Friday, you pro- and I tried my best all week long to get you to see the D-gun way of, of life in terms of controlling one's adrenaline. Now, I don't yeah. know what you did Saturday, and, and I text you Sunday morning with an explosion emoji. All right, Rob, now it's time to unleash all that fury. So, so, so how are you emotionally at this point? Are you completely drained? Did you save something? Where are you? Let me put it to you this way. Drained is a good way to put it. Uh, I feel like I honest to God, you know, probably like midway through the fourth quarter. Right. I turned to John Ritchie last night and I said to him, dude, I feel like I'm playing in this game. I'm so stressed. I'm so exhausted from the from the twists and turns. And. I feel that I feel that way today. Like I feel absolutely beaten down, man. Like yesterday, I I really was like good in terms of stacking things to do just to right. buy time. Okay, I really did. I mean, it was it was fine. But I tell you, by like, I'd say about two thirty, maybe four hours before kickoff, I, I was, I couldn't I couldn't handle it much longer. Fit, fit so, to be tight. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. I like I. This was not an easy one because here's the thing. I know how this works. This is going to be one that years and years and years from now, we're going to, we're going to reference. We're just going to reference. Like we're going to go back and say, man, they had such an unbelievable opportunity in Super Bowl 57 because these things are not promised. You know, it was was miraculous that they were possibly going to get two in five years. That doesn't happen that way. Think about this. They went 57 years between championships, 57 years between championships. Flyers haven't won one since 1975. And we sit here in 2023, the Sixers since 83, 
40 years ago, okay? The Phillies went from 80 to 08. They went 28 years. So when you are sitting there on the precipice up 10 points at halftime, you need to close it out because there are no guarantees. I'll, I'll, t- I'll say one last thing on this subject. You go back five years ago. You had Doug Peterson as a head coach. Yeah. You had Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, you, you know, a, a lot of other players on that roster. They're all gone. This change is really fast, especially in this league. So nothing is promised. Does it look good with Jalen Hurts? Do you feel good about Nick Sirianni? Do, do you like some of the other younger players they have? Yeah, but there's no guarantees that you get close this close again anytime soon. Here's what I feel good about for the Eagles. Even if Kelsey decides to retire, the offensive line is in good hands, okay? Mm-hmm. The wide receiving core is in good hands. The quarterback's position is in excellent hands. The tight end position is in excellent hands. And you look at the entire NFC conference, the way it stands right now, this Eagles team, just from an offensive perspective, has a really good shot of getting back to the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. The defense is a huge question mark right now because once you give that dude hurts his money between 40 and 50 million a year, who do you strategically target to bring back on that defense? Because a lot of those guys, because of the numbers they put up in the regular season, there are GM scouting departments that have been sitting back critiquing them. And Rob, as you know, when you have the the type of success this Eagles team had this year, everybody else wants to pick off your personnel. Yeah. So all these bargain basement – now, now to me, Kaiser White had a bad game yesterday. James Bradbury had a bad game. TJ Edwards had a bad game. Okay, uh, I think Cox is gone unless he comes back at like less than half of what they're paying him now. A Hargrave, who knows what he's thinking in terms of does he want to come back here? Sue mm-hmm. may go back into retirement. Linville Joseph may call it a career. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got some major decisions now. You have a young Jordan Davis. You have a young Nicobe Dean. Those guys mm-hmm. are going to have to play. You're going to have to play. You're equipped with two first round picks. You're going to have to get younger. And people might say, oh, man, that's going to be the death sentence for us. Really? Because we just watched the Kansas City defense with youth all across this defense hold up and help their team win the Super Bowl. The, 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 the Kansas City offense didn't win that game by itself. Right. The defense made the necessary plays when it had to. It didn't make consistent plays. It made the necessary plays when it had to, especially in the second half. And mm-hmm. it had the coordinator – that knows how to mix and match as well as anybody in the league. Spagnola's one of the best in the game. He's won three as an assistant. That's not a coincidence. What does that tell you? What yep. does that tell you? And he's been with Andy Reid now four years, which means he's been there for all three Super Bowls with Andy Reid. Okay. Yep. And won one with the Giants, you know, where he slayed Tom Brady and, you know, the Absolutely. Eagle Empire. Yep. So, so what does that tell you about the quality and the depth? Now, you we see a lot of teams that go to a youth movement and they pay a price for, for that next year. They pay a price. Yep. Not this team. Not this. And when you talked about this Friday, and I was like, wow, how did I miss this? The three losses Kansas City had were by a grand total of 10 points. Yeah. They could have won more than 14 games. Yeah. And that's why I never understood how the Eagles were going to beat them by two touchdowns. They don't, no. you know, they lose, they barely lose. You know, no. and that, it's been that way all year. They've been a dominant football team as much as, you know, the Eagles. The Eagles had a great regular season. So did Kansas City. They were 16 and three yes. also. 
Yes. And they played the number one, their regular season schedule was tougher than the Eagles. Their division was tougher than the Eagles. Okay. Yep. And their playoff opponents were tougher, tougher than the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And they found a way to beat them all. They were beat more battle all. tested. And it beat showed in the second half. No question about it. Yep. You know, Absolutely. and I know people are hurting right now. And I'm looking at the chat and all the all the people who were for other teams who Eagles fans lambasted when they ousted those teams. Now they're taking their shots back at the Eagles. The chat is, the chat is hilarious right now. Mm-hmm. People going back and forth, but you know what? It is what it is. You have yes. those you have those moments in the sun, and sometimes you burn in the sun. And the Eagles burned. They burned. They burned at the worst opportune time to burn. Yeah. So uh, just just from a just go back to Mahomes for a minute here, Derek, and while we, while we dig into the Eagles uh, defensively. So you remember they played last year, and I understand like both teams were vastly different. The Chiefs had Tyreek Hill. The Eagles were just a way different team in general in terms of personnel, and, and right. they were they were just starting to kind of figure things out. Nonetheless. So they played Mahomes twice, once in the regular season last year, once in the in last night. Yeah. So in those two games, he's 45 for 57. Jeez. He's got a 133 passer rating to go with eight touchdowns, one pick, and a 78.9 completion percentage. That is destruction. Okay. And that and and by the way, you know, he's doing it. In, in some shape or form injured. I, I I don't think he's as bad as it was maybe made out to be, but he was, you know, he's still not a hundred percent. Dude, when Trey Edwards tackled him in the first half and twisted his ankle and he came up grimacing the way he did and, and very quickly hobbled to the sideline, I thought his day was done. Yep. And I turned to Seth and Mike Missinelli and I said, in all the years I've covered football, I don't ever remember watching a team that I covered in big games go through two consecutive games where the starting quarterbacks are knocked out of the games. Because I'm thinking Mahomes is done for the day. But kudos to Rick Burkholder. Rick Burkholder is the best of the best in terms of trainers when it comes to getting players ready for a game. I don't know what they did to Mahomes. I don't know what they shot Mahomes up with at halftime. But he came out and he did the same thing he did against Cincinnati. You remember the big run he had against Cincinnati that that helped set up that field goal? Yeah. He rips off a 26-yard run against a five-man front. 26-yard mm-hmm. run. Did he look hurt to you when he ran? No. He looked hurt to me. No. He, wasn't, he did it he a couple times last night. Yes. No. Yeah, he he wasn't running night. with a limp. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, look, there was a lot that went on in that game. Um, no, Like I said, nobody stepped up. And the other part of it is it really – it wasn't just the passing game. Kansas City rushed – 26 times, 158 yards. That's 6.1 yards per carry last night. I mean, that's completely unacceptable. Like, all right, so if if maybe a team's having success in one aspect, you got to take the other thing away. Eagles couldn't take either thing away. And, and again, a lot of this, Derek, yeah. is second half. It's not just the first half. No, no, no. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at my numbers. And Kansas City had, in terms of rushing yards, Kansas City had uh, 39 yards rushing at halftime. 39 yards. Yep. They finished yep. with a buck 58, right? Okay. So technically, yeah. in the second half, they ran uh, for 117 yards in the last 30 minutes against this defense. And they were running through some Pacheco, McKinnon. And oh. we were talking about Clyde Edwards Hilaire being activated. He didn't even play. No, he didn't they went with the field. The, he didn't even sniff the field. They went with McKinnon, and they were gouging him on the running game. This Kill kid Pacheco, 
I don't know how everybody missed him for six rounds. He didn't go until the seventh round. Yeah. How, that kid runs as hard as anybody in the National Football League, breaking tackles. He runs like somebody stole his last Jolly Rancher. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. He, you're talking about running. He's only like 5'11". He's 216, but he doesn't look that big. You talk about physical and inflicting pain when he runs. Now, C.J. Gardner-Johnson stood him up on that one run. He, I mean, he blew yep. him up. Yep. That was the Eagles' best defensive play in the game. It was the only one that sticks out in a positive way. That was the, the only one. One play the Derek, entire let, game. Let me run through these drives. Let's let's go. So the Chiefs go 10 plays, 75 yards, touchdown out of the out of the shoot. Nine plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Three plays, five yards. That's the punt return. You know, easy one. Right. 12 plays, 66 yards, and a field goal, which is easily a touchdown had they chosen to score a touchdown. Okay. So th- that's that's every possession they had. They only had four possessions in the second half. They were methodical. They were, other than the short one off of the punt, time-consuming, Yep. which kept the Eagles. It was the old Washington you know, uh, blueprint where you keep the Eagles' offense off the field. That's right. And they scored touchdowns every time at will. Like, not one time can you get a stop. Not once can you force a punt or create a turnover or get a sack. Not one time in the whole damn game. Terrible. And here's the thing, Rob. You look at the uh, Chiefs' third down conversions, which was which was unlike Kansas City and not unimpressive. They didn't have to be. They weren't in any third down many third down situations. Right. Second down, they pick up another first down. Second down again, another first down. They they weren't in many third down situations. Nope. You didn't stress that offense at all the last thirty minutes of the game. Not in the least. And, and, I, and to this day, uh, you're right, Rob. Even if the Eagles come back and win a Super Bowl next year, I will not get over the fact that your defensive coordinator could not make the, the adjustments. Not once. He refused to blitz. And the one time that they, one or two times he tried to blitz, they got burned. And so he wouldn't blitz again. His blitzes were too sporadic compared to Spagnola playing with a bunch of kids. He kept coming. He kept mm-hmm. coming. He made that Eagles franchise quarterback move the entire game. Yeah. That's the bottom line. You yeah. made him move off his spot the entire game. How many times did he throw the ball away? How many times did we watch him pirouette one way and go back the other? Tremendous yeah. athleticism, but it messed up the timing and continuity of the, that particular pass play. No, I agree. I agree. Listen, <sighs> I, it's it's a huge, huge issue, man. That's for sure. And it's, and Chris asked Chris D, you know, how, how to, and we'll get into free agency in, in, in a little bit, but you know, how do you prioritize this thing in the off season? You know, I, I think, I think there's a lot of different things you have to look at. Some of this is going to depend on who leaves, right? Um, if you, if you lose a lot on your, in your interior, you know, I don't know what Jordan Davis is, frankly. Okay. I like Milton Williams, yeah. but if Fletcher Cox and Hargrave and, Sue and Joseph are gone. You're going to have to think about that, even though you addressed it this past off season um, in the draft. I'm, I'm going to combine the draft and free agency, but that's right. an area I'm going to right. look at. If Brandon Graham isn't back, and I, and I think there's a fair chance he'll be back on on a on a bit of a discount. Well, you know we'll I see. Agree. Um, but you, you have to look at edge rusher always because that's such a critical position. Um, you're going to have to address running back at some level. And I, cause I think Miles Sanders is going to be gone. You need a third wide receiver. Then you go to the other side of the ball, man, you might be losing Bradbury. You might be losing CJ Gardner, Johnson. You might be losing Epps. 
if it depends on who you lose, like you're going to have to prioritize corner or safety, or you could lose Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. Then all of a sudden you're yep. looking at linebacker. So yep. like, I'm not trying to duck uh, Chris's question. It's a very legit one, but I just, it could go a lot of different ways, man. Absolutely. And I'm sure Howie has already sat down and identified number one, what are we going to offer Jalen? And number two, who are we going to try to keep? You know what? When we come back from our next break, here's what we should do. Now, we, we, we identified there's only four defensive starters under contract at the conclusion of this season. I want you to give me your top three. I want right. you to sit in Howie Roseman's seat for a moment. Okay. Give me your top three priorities on defense to keep, and I'll give you my top three. Yeah, let's do that. Let, yeah, let, let's dig into the free agency thing when we come back because there's a there's a lot of different ways that you could go with this. And look, you get a, you get a little bit of a bump in the salary cap, right? Yep. You're gonna you're gonna have a little bit of that, that'll help you a little bit. But Derek, in a lot of ways, now you're set up for the future with Jalen and with some yep. other pieces. But yep. in a lot of ways, you went for it this year, which meant it was a lot of one year deals. Absolutely. And you knew other guys like TJ Edwards were, were, you know, coming up on their contract, Brandon Graham, you kind of knew that. So it was a combination of a lot of things. That's why, again, this is why as much as it hurts to hear it today, because we're, everybody's licking their wounds. I get it. But this, you had to get this one because there's a lot of uncertainty going forward with this team because of the, the sheer number, the volume of guys that are up yeah. this year. Yeah. The thing I like how, once how he went all in, and he he they got so close. They got within three points of completing what the mission was. As they come out of this thing now, they're not in bad shape. They're not like the Rams no, who no, sold the farm and, no. and, and they got to rebuild this thing with no draft picks. The right. Eagles are in great position with draft picks. They get they don't have they don't have any dead cap money with a lot of these 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 nope. uh, one and done contracts. And how is going to be a player in free agency? I, that I promise you. Mm -hmm. To what degree, we don't know yet, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I guarantee you, Howie and Jeffrey Lurie and that scouting department, they already have identified who they want to keep on defense. It's just a matter of do the numbers match up in terms of salary cap because even though they're going to get a bump in free agency, a lot of that bump is going to be taken up by that, that, that franchise quarterback they've got to pay. That's the thing. And you, and you mean, better pay him now. You better pay him oh. now. I, I I really I don't think there's any way that the organization allows this to get into his last year of his deal next year. I don't no. I don't see that at all. That's not the way they operate. Because it could go up next year even more. Well, that's the thing. Like it, a, you just don't want that friction, right? They they you don't want what went on Lamar Jackson this past year. You don't right. need that number one. Number right. two, right? The longer this goes on, Gunner, and and he gets into next year, and let's say he's playing really well early in the season. That you're right. That price just goes up, 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 up. Like he helped himself. Not that he needed to do a ton to help himself. He was already going to get paid, but right. he helped himself more last night. But you know, on the on the grandest of stages, you know, he he delivered. And and, and, the, and the good thing about it is now they don't have to franchise tag him because he's still under a rookie contract. But do you want right. him to come back play? Do you want to take off him and his representation and make that kid come back and play under a rookie year, a uh, rookie deal in in the fall? Because the negotiations in 2024 will get more tedious, uh, especially if he puts up similar numbers to what he did this year. Yep, it's going to get worse. So you better appease him now while you can. This will get you done know? in the offseason. The Eagles are are good with that kind of stuff. That's for yeah, sure. You did I it for Carson Wentz. You did it for Wentz. 
Yep. And it turned yep. out to be a he bust. He did it with Donovan a bunch of times, too. You know, you re-upped him before yeah, we, he we got there. So th- their history is they get these things done. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's do that. We'll dig into the free agents and we'll prioritize yep. uh, when we come back. In, in, the, in the segment after that, we'll dig into the offense a little bit and some of the things that went on. And, and you have both Steichen and Gannon, Derek, interviewing today with respective teams. Steichen yep. with the Colts. Gannon with the Cardinals. They're both interviewing today. So we'll talk about that as well. So we got a lot of ground to cover when we come back. We will do so. And we'll look at the uh the guys who were up for the Eagles who may not be back here next mm. year. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right now, we're going to talk about proaction restoration. You have a home, you have a business, you have a property you may own. And you know, it, it, nobody wants this to happen, nobody likes it, and it is very difficult. But if fire, if water damage, smoke, mold remediation, you know, mold damage, whatever ends up happening uh, to any of those places that you may own or be involved in, you got a tough decision to make. What do you do? How do you clean it up? Well, ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. I, I can tell you that because I called them on a Saturday. They got right out. They fixed the problem. The price was right and the crew was clean and great. And, and it was a really, really, um, the type of experience that you're thankful for when you're going through a trying time. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured. ProAction Restoration has been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades, and they will work in conjunction with your insurance company also. So again, it could be water, it could be fire, it could be smoke, it could be mold remediation. You name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760 or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us. We know it is a tough one, tough one today, but we'll get through it together. That's for sure. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, hanging out with you on this Monday after the Eagles lose Super Bowl 57, 38-35 to the Niners or the Chiefs in a game where they led uh, 24-14 at the half. That's for sure. All right. So, Derek, let's look at this thing. Um, I'll just reel the names off for you, and it's a it's a who's who in a lot of ways. Some some really big contributors to this team that are all going to be free agents or, or are now. For, for yep. lack of a better word, um, James Bradbury, cornerback. Yep. Yep. Safety, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yep. Linebacker, TJ Edwards. Yep. Uh, defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox. Yep. Safety, Marcus Epps. Whew. Yeah. Defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave. Defensive tackle, Linvel Joseph. Defensive tackle, uh, Namakon Sue. Linebacker, Kaiser White. Defensive end, Brandon Graham. Jeez. Defensive end, Robert Quinn. Running back, Miles Sanders. Running back, Boston Scott. Offensive lineman, Isaac Sayamalo. Offensive lineman, Andre Dillard. <laughs> quarterback Gardner Minshew make it stop one more Zach Pascal. I'm sure I'm missing one or two but you got the gist of this thing I mean that's some some pretty big names right so that's everybody who's up now if I'm prioritizing this thing, that's 17 players Rob <laughs> and, and all right let's count it off let's go starters Bradbury starter yep. you, you keep Sally here Bradbury starter Yep. Gardner Johnson starter, TJ Edwards starter, Fletcher Cox yep. starter, Marcus sure. Epps starter, Javon Hargrave starter. I won't count Joseph or Sue. We'll we'll we won't count right. that. Right. Kaiser White starter. Uh, Miles White. Sanders yep. starter. Yep. Isaac Sayamalu starter. Sayamalu, uh, yep. I I'll camp I'll say Brandon Graham as a starter. I'll just say he's a starter. That that that'll be it. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's a lot. Okay. Nine out of 17 are starters. Whoa. All right. So more than half. Okay. More than half are, are starters. So uh, if I'm prioritizing, Derek, I'll start on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Um, I think I'm going Gardner Johnson first because he is such a playmaker in terms of interceptions. 
He will hit you. Um, he can. He's versatile in that he could play safety. You can throw him in the slot. He can do a lot of different things for you, and he's really young. I agree with you 100%. That is where my priority lies. When I look at all 17 of these dudes, that is where my priority lies. Um, we talked about how porous the Eagles tackling had been for much of the season, but the one constant, and he missed some quality time with that lacerated kidney. That dude comes up and stick you. He, he's not a big dude, but he comes up and hits you, man. He laid the lumber on Pacheco on that one hit, shook him up. Pacheco came back in the game and ran with even more fury after that, but he, he laid the lumber and he had a couple of nice hits in, in that game. He's very quick. I think the back end of your defense is very sound with him. Even if you went single high safety, he's got the speed to go sideline to sideline in a hurry. Anytime you play single high safety, you need you got to have a safety that can cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Right. He's that dude. And if there is such a thing as a sure tackler on that defense, it would be him, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the back end of that defense. So, yes, I, I definitely start with him as my number one priority. Now, number two – I, I I would probably look at, at Bradbury, but here's the issue. You're already paying Slay a lot. Yep. I just don't know that you can afford to pay both corners that kind of coin. Uh, like, I would love to see him come back. If I'm just giving you, like, priorities, I'd go, I'd go Bradbury next, but I think I think it's likely he walks. Um, I get past that on the defensive side of the ball. Um. I, I might go, I might go Hargrave. Bradbury is my number two, uh, but but the problem with yeah. Bradbury is, if you pay CJ, can you afford to tie that much money into two corners and a safety? No, I don't think you can. No, and and I think the Eagles would have to use if Bradbury walks, if you keep CJ and Bradbury walks, then that tells me that that number ten overall pick they may look at a corner. They, I agree. Sauce Gardner, who comes out. Yep. yep. You know, you find somebody close to a Sauce Gardner, even though he's going to go through his growing pains, that takes care of your problem on that side opposite Slay. Yeah. To be honest with you, if push came to shove, and I don't know what the dead cap hit it would be. I'm, I don't see the numbers right now. Yeah. I would let Slay go and keep Bradbury, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to dive into what his contract looks like, you know, if, if that's the case, because I, Hargrave had a better year. If you, if oh, you just look no at all the play started off better. Yeah. But it, by far over the – they ended up playing 20 games with the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Bradbury was better. And I know it's ironic we're saying that on a day where he had the holding call and all that, but he, he was better. Right. I would agree. Now, the problem that you have too is, you know, and I know everybody thinks the Kobe Dean can step right in there. I, I don't know that, first of all. You don't know that. Yeah. But, you know, you're losing Kaiser White, who, who, let's face it, probably didn't have a great year, Derek. He's another one who started off well and kind of, you know, was not as impactful. Let's put it that way. And TJ Edwards, you're going to be short linebackers here, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, my number three priority is, is TJ Edwards. Now, he had a bad game yesterday, but like I said, I watched this kid play four years at Wisconsin. Um, I've watched him play in, during his short tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles. What he lacks in, in terms of lateral speed, he makes up for in smarts and tenacity. You need a brain trust mechanism in the middle of that defense to see things, decipher things, and get your people in position. 
TJ can do all that. Now, he's a liability in coverage, but he does everything else well. And you're either going to have to draft one or you're going to have to bring in another low-level linebacker. And let's face it, the Eagles don't like to spend a lot of money on linebackers. you know. Uh, and plus, you're already paying Hassan Reddick 40-something million. So right. are you going to put another 40-something million into TJ? I, I don't think so. But if, if I had my way, if I'm in Howie Roseman's chair, I do everything I can possible to bring TJ back. Now, taking into consideration, I'm 50-50 right now. TJ, who flourished in this porous Jonathan Gannon system, may not do so well if a new coordinator comes in here. We, we all know there are a lot of players across the league who are system players. You know, we see them play for one coordinator, lights out. They can't play for another coordinator who takes over, or they go to another team and don't don't do half the damage that they did under the predecessor. Don't know with TJ. And and, I, and as I sit here, I'll say it again. I think Gannon may have cost himself the job in Arizona. If Arizona hires Gannon, they get exactly what they deserve. They hire Cliff Kingsbury when they shouldn't have. You go out and hire Gannon right now, you get exactly what you deserve. Because think about it. For the most part, all the good offensive coordinators, D coordinators are already snapped up by other teams. Look at all the movement that took place among position coaches during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So all the better ones are gone. So who are you bringing in? Who, yeah. who, who are you going to help fill out your roster? I mean, I know you got buddies out there somewhere, but who are you bringing in with any kind of pedigree to help you out? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I, if if I could, I'd keep TJ as my number three priority, to be honest. Now, you yeah, said Hargrave. Then, yeah, I said Hargrave because, look, I, I, I think it's likely that Sue, Joseph are gone and Fletcher's gone. Um, if those guys are all gone, I'm left with Milton Williams and and Jordan Davis. I don't again. I don't know about Jordan Davis, and I like Milton Williams, but I don't I don't love Milton Williams, and I don't know what he's going to look like being an every down defensive tackle. Hargrave, and I know he wasn't you know great either in this game. We we could apply that to almost anybody on the defensive side, but you know the guy had double digit sacks, yes. and I and and looks like he you know plays well in this system. It, I don't know what he's going to cost. Like he might get blown away somewhere on the open market. If that's the case, then I'm out. But if he doesn't, I'd like to have him back, man. He's still a really good player. Uh, There's no question about it. You need somebody that can get consistent push in the middle of a defense in the trenches. He was that guy more so than Fletcher Cox. Javon Hargrave is that guy, but you're right, Rob. Um, He, he had a great career when he was in Pittsburgh. He is. He's had a great career in Philadelphia. Somebody needs a D tackle like that, man. There are a lot of teams out there. When you look at the look at the poorest teams out there, there's a lot of teams out there with good cap space that can make a lot of things happen uh, in terms of dangling carrots in front of some of these players. And unfortunately for the Eagles right now, as we sit here, their cap space is not that good. Now, yeah, how he's going to free up some money uh, based on the fact that 17 players is going to help you free up some money. But what are you going to do? Are you going to keep what you already have in stock? Are you going to go outside the box and and get somebody else without knowing if they're going to fit in this system, especially if you bring a new defensive coordinator in here, if Gannon gets that Arizona job. But but Javon Hargrave is is right there in terms of a player uh, that I feel that this team needs to find a way to keep in the fold. Can they financially? I don't know, man. Um, the other player who I wish they could keep, but I think he's really 
uh, up and coming riser is Marcus Epps. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Epps, Marcus Epps can play, you know, now he got yep. exposed in his one game and Marcus Epps can play and Marcus Epps can hit, you know, um, finding a safety that can run and hit, uh, is a rare combination in today's NFL game. He can do both. Mm-hmm. Um, Younger player, not a household name across the league, but enough to generate interest from teams. You know, who's to say Marcus Epps wouldn't go down to a Houston and get a boatload of money to play in D'Amico Ryan's system? Yeah, he might. He might. It it wouldn't surprise me. No, you're right about all of those, Derek. I'll tell you, the one that's a little bit tricky for me is Sayamalo. You know, he's – look, this guy's a starting, you know, guard in the NFL and has done a nice job. Um, And there's a nice cohesion – with that entire unit that they all have together. Um, but is somebody going to pay? And I know Big V was a tackle, so it was a little bit different. But are they going to throw crazy money at him uh, for some team that's desperate for offensive line play? If that's the case, he's out of here. If not, you know, I think you could bring him back. And I think it would behoove him, you know, to come back. It would make sense for him because he, he, he's, he's with a great offensive line coach. He's with a bunch of players who are who just make you better just being by being around them. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that there's a guy right now that I want to plug in at the guard spot that I feel good about that's on the roster. Well, here's what I'd say. Jeff Stoutland does such a great job of cross-training offensive linemen that he will find the perfect guard complement. Even again, if Kelsey is down, you still have three-fifths of your starting offensive line. Cam Jurgens will take over the center position. I feel good about Cam Jurgens stepping in there. We saw him play sporadically, and he's down the field like Kelsey making blocks, you know, shedding one block and getting to the next level. I feel good about where Cam Jurgens is. So you, now you got to find that right guard. We may not know it right now, but there may be somebody in house who they feel really good about in terms of picking up that position. That yeah. that's the one spot. That's the one spot that I put when I look at all the names that you mentioned out there. Um, he would be like number 15 on my list of priorities. Um, wow, that low. Yeah, he would be like number 15 on my list of pro- maybe four, maybe 14. I think huh. Robert Quinn is out of here. Um, I think Miles Sanders is out of here. So that's yep. two. I would agree. Um, Haskell's out of here. I think Pascal, they may be able to get him at a bargain price, though. I think he serves the slot receiver well. They didn't utilize him as much. Number one, he's a good blocker, and you got to have a good blocker yeah. in that slot. You got to have a good blocker. I don't think he'll garner big money. You know, as Nick Sirianni's boy, um, if he's if he's really thinking about this, and you look around this offense, we got another chance to put up some incredible numbers and do some damage next year. I don't know if I'm going to be yeah. able to do that with the next team I go to. Is it all about the last dollar I can get or is it about putting my position to get recognized on an offense that's going to be recognized and get a lot of high-profile games nationally next year? Um, yeah. I think they can get him at a decent price. You're right. He might be gone, but he's not going to hit you. He's not going to hurt you financially like some of these let, other guys. Let, let me throw another lock that's gone. Andre okay. Diller, he's out of here. I think Dillard he's out. Out. he'll go start somewhere. And I think he'll yeah. play well. He'll go start somewhere else. I think the Eagles frustration with Dillard has, um, has reached the mountaintop. He yep. never really panned out. You know, he had the emotional issues. He was homesick for a while. He can't stay healthy. Um, when you think about it, when Landon Dickerson was out, he uh, Dillard wasn't the first choice to put in. 
Now, later in the season, he got to play that, that left guard position, but he wasn't their first option to put in there. And, and I think from, from what I know in terms of talking to people about him, um, they, they would be happy to see him go. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say happy to see him go, but if he goes, I don't think they lose any sleep over it, to be honest yeah. with you. So yeah. I don't think he's a high priority also. You put him on that list. Yeah, like also. I think if if he were to come back at some crazy low number, okay, maybe. But he's not – like somebody I, – I think a team would actually be smart who needs offensive line help to grab him up because you can probably, you know, get him in there at a decent number. And he's got a little bit of versatility now, Derek, in that they've thrown him in that guard spot occasionally. Yep. Yep. I guess he's a willing to accept it. Like he wasn't willing to accept the right side. I don't know. But, but anyway, I think he's out. Like if I had to go through like goners, I would say Dillard. You know, another one that's kind of up in the air is Minshew. I, I don't think anybody's going to give him a starting gig. So he might come back. I, I don't know. But would, would I, a team I, give him a, would a team give him a starting gig, but make it very clear to him holder. as a placeholder? Like when our number one, like yes. Yeah. When our yeah. number one quarterback is up to speed, you have to understand yeah. you're going to be the backup. You yeah. have to understand that. Um, but because you're right. You could probably get a little bit more money out of whatever team that way. If, if, yes. if, if you know what I mean, it might. Yep. It's a, probably a smart little play for him. Yep. If if he, they said in, uh, let's say the Colts or the or the Houston Texans said, hey, listen, here's the deal: we're drafting somebody, but we won't. We don't want to throw him to the Wolves. You're going to be the starter. It could be all year, yep. but it could be week eight or nine, and, and you're yep. you're sitting down. We need you to yep. be cool with that. Are you cool with that? We'll we'll, we'll you know duke you a little bit more money here, if that's the case. And he might jump at that. So yeah, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe he comes back here because he feels he feel he feels he fits in the system. But it's hard for a competitor to accept the fact that you're coming back here and your playing time will be slim and none unless the, yeah. the, the starting quarterback gets hurt. Everybody wants to play. And we've heard Minshew say he feels he can be a starter in the National Football League. Well, when you look at the options out there, there's not many open jobs right now. There's not many yeah. job one signs hanging up for a starting quarterback. You know, like you say, you look at a team like Houston, they're in a transition year. Um, the Jets are not looking for a Gardner Minshew. The Jets no, are looking for a quarterback – now, Jets are looking for a quarterback that can get them over the top with the personnel they have now. This team is ready to make that that next move in terms of being a legitimate, respected playoff con, uh, entity. All they need is a quarterback. Minshew's not the guy for the job with the Jets. No. No, I, I would agree with you. So I, I would look at it this way, Derek. I think Boston Scott's out of here. I think Robert Quinn is a lock to be out of here. Um. You think Scott's yeah, a lock to be out of here? No, 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 no. Roman Quinn, uh, Robert Quinn is a lock to be out of yes, here. Yes, yes. Uh, I think Miles Sanders is out of here. Yeah. And I think, I know, I think Boston Scott comes back, actually. I okay. think they'll be able to find a happy medium with him okay. and he'll be back here. Yeah. He's in a good place here uh, with the way he's utilized. He's not an every down back. No. But they're not afraid to give him some touches and, you know, in big spots, you know, goal line. And he's a tough runner. He'll return kicks for you. I think he's very valuable. He's the kind of guy you don't want to lose. He's a nice, you, you know, uh, Swiss Army knife kind of guy. They yeah, can do and he doesn't turn the ball so over. He doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. He's got a great attitude and the whole nine. So I, I would like to see him back. Look, there's there's two there's two meatballs hanging out here, man, that are just major questions. And one's a free agent and one isn't. 
but what's the future of Jason Kelsey and what's the future of Brandon Graham? Let's start with Ooh. Kelsey. You know, very obviously it's an emotional game because he's got his brother, the whole thing with the brother. He stuck around on the field longer than any Eagle last night, Derek. Yeah. Part of that was just talking to Travis and his mom. You know, I think his dad was there too, but part of it was just that. But the other, the other part makes you wonder, like even Travis welled up when he was talking about him. Mm-hmm. They asked Travis about it and he started getting emotional. I'm, I'm thinking, does he know something we don't know? Yeah. That could, that could go really either way. As far as I'm concerned. I agree with you hundred percent. Kelsey spent the last three seasons leaking it to the media that he had contemplated retirement. I think if they had won this game, it would have been a, a slam dunk. He's out of here. Um, I think now the decision will be a little bit more emotionally tugging, but I think having two small kids just had a second kid recently. Wait, did his wife get birth? No, he, he's due. They're due any day with their third. Okay. Oh, the third. Okay. Cause she was yeah, at yeah. the Super Bowl. They had this contingency plan. If she went to labor, you know, out in Arizona. Um, okay. So he's going to have three small kids. He's made his money. He's got a ring. He's going to be a hall of famer. What else is there left for him? He's what, 34, 35 now? Uh, yes. 34? Yeah. What else is there left for him? Um, I think I think he'll sit back and think this thing through, and he'll come to the realization, do I want to put my mind and my body through this again with three small kids and my wife needing more help around the house? We're set financially for life. Yep. You know, I have nothing else to give. And let's face it. So many guys, especially linemen, talk about getting out of the game sooner rather than later because of a quality of life. The, the fear factor with this CTE and all this head trauma stuff, you know, you don't want to be in your 40s and can't play with your kids. And we were talking about the kid uh, last week, uh, one of the guys filing the lawsuit against the NFL because one of the 10 former players, and, and he was talking about how he blacks out at times and when he comes to there's holes in his wall, the walls, the hands, his hand is bloody and his wife and his kids are huddled up crying and he doesn't remember what happened. Yeah. And we've seen stories like that sporadically about players blacking out and doing violent things in their homes, scaring the, scaring the, you know what, out of the family members and not remembering what happened. Right. And I think especially Lyman, because every play is a head collision that these guys seriously think about this and Kelsey, Kelsey has done everything you can ask. I mean, he went from a guy who people wanted to run out of here to a Pro Bowl, future Pro Bowl center in the National Football League, and he's highly decorated. What else? If he stood out there longer than any other Eagle, that tells me he, he right now is leaning towards retirement. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and I, again, I don't know. I think the smartest thing, and he does this every year, is he 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 says, "I got, I just got to get away from it. I'm I'm too emotional right now. Yeah, I need to give myself a little bit of time, and then he figures it out. So you know, again, up in the air." Now, the other one, there's no question he wants to keep playing. The question is, you know, are the Bucks going to talk if somebody else takes a run at him? I, I really – I feel like pretty good that Brandon Graham's back here with this team. Uh, you have a very good relationship with him. I know that. What, what's your sense? I believe that he will give them the, the epitome of the family discount. It's not about money with Brandon. Brandon has looked at the, looked at the contracts he's been given – by this Philadelphia Eagles organization. He's secure in himself financially. He's a great family man. He doesn't want to uproot his family and move anywhere else. He has a beautiful home in Jersey. Um, I think Brandon Graham comes back here. 
and because he is exactly the type of guy in the locker room that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie want. He is the epitome of what a leader should be, both on and off the field. He is a great community guy. And in his present role, playing 35, 38% of the snaps, the Eagles could live with that, you know, and he could live with that. And it worked well for him. It worked well. First time ever in his career, he had double digit sacks. He told us back in May when we we got him on this show that if my role's reduced, I'm fine with that. If we, if we get to where we want to go, I'm fine with that. So he's, he's already, he's already securing who he is and where he is in this organization. He wants to finish his career desperately with this team. And the fact that the Eagles have kept him this long, a defensive edge rusher this long, tells you what they think of Brandon Graham, not just as a football player, but as a person to the yeah. organization. I yeah. think Howie will do everything possible to to not cheat him out of money, but to pay him at a bargain basement price with incentives. I think his deal might be loaded with incentives Yeah, uh, to get him to stay here. I agree. I agree. Look, I this is just one of a million things that Brandon Graham does, but um, – Fox during their pregame uh, yesterday, they did a piece on um, it was Tom Rinaldi, I think, did a piece on Brandon who befriended a a young man who's got Down syndrome and had congestive heart failure. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Brandon every every couple months would reach out to him, you know, Facetime with him, encourage him, and and he went into like cardiac arrest had to have open heart the whole thing it was it was a really but but the father and mother said flat out if not for brandon graham he probably wouldn't be here like Mm. this guy encouraged him so much and kept the spirits up that allowed him the rehab and all this other stuff anyway but i I just use as an example there's a million of those with brandon graham i think the organization knows what he means to the city how important he is and he can still play so it would make sense on a lot of levels and you make a great point give him a low base and hey, you get eight, nine sacks, boom! Mm-hmm. You know you're gonna be mm-hmm. you're gonna be there with the with the big boys here. So yeah, I think he's back. Uh, Kelsey, I think is entirely up to him. Obviously, I, I if I had to guess, I think it's probably more towards he walks than he comes back. But it's I, that I could agree. Change. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, so the point is, there's a lot of decisions, and there's a lot of guys who aren't going to be here. It's just the way. It's the nature of the beast. The biggest, the biggest caveat for for Kelsey has to be, I look at what we have coming back on offense. We're in good shape. If I come back, I'll play with a minimum of four, three other starters on this offensive line. We're set at tackles. We're set at left guard. We get a right guard. It may be somebody already in house that we don't even know about. Right. I look at the offensive weapons we have. I look who's under center calling the shots. We're in a really good place in terms of being a very potent offense. I think if this was an offense that was at the bottom of the league in terms of production, it would make his decision a lot easier. Um, but because of the prospects of what this this offense could do again and the fact that the NFC is down, and I'm sure either him or his representation have already looked at that, hey, yep. we got another chance to get back to a Super Bowl and go deep into the playoffs. Yep. If he comes back, the last thing on his his list of priorities is the money. He came back in a one-year deal for this year for $14 million. I don't think he's worried one iota about the money. It's about his quality of life and where are we as a team right now. Yep, and he said he, he's on record saying this is the most fun he's had as a player this year. He, yes. he had a good time. And he yep. and, and knock on, for the most part, he stayed as healthy as he could. Remember he had the elbow cleaned out early? Yep. 
yep. that the elbow felt as good as it felt since he was in college. So he, he was relatively, yeah, we, they're all beat up this yep. time of year, but he's relatively healthy. So all those kind of things. Absolutely. Uh, playing, playing the favor of him coming back. All right, let's uh, let's get a timeout in here, Gunner, and when we'll come back, we'll look at the offense a little bit um, and some of the things that went down last night. Now, uh, at, in the 2 o'clock segment, we'll, we'll talk about Steichen and Gannon, the possibility of them leaving. Hell, we've had three Philadelphia teams, Union, the Phillies, oh. and now the, the Eagles getting to finals and not being able to bring it home. We'll look at the national anthem with Chris Stapleton, the halftime performance with Rihanna. We'll get into all those kind of things coming up in a little bit. You don't want to go anywhere. He's D gun. I am Rob Ellis. We are sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network, hanging out with you on this Monday. We'll get through it folks. We will get through it. All right, let's talk about Flynn tree services. Flynn tree services is an experienced licensed and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. And they're just a quick phone call away. They are experts trimming all types of trees and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. They specialize in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Now, keep in mind, you know, we're in the time of year where it's great to get your trees evaluated before the real last nasty kind of push of bad weather comes upon us. You don't want those trees falling. You don't want the branches coming down. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of their work or more information. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610 610- 850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. What's up, everybody? Yes, we're powering through. That's what we're doing. Today is a power through kind of day. It's not easy. It's a bummer, but we will get through it. That's for sure. All right, Gunner. So a couple things. Let's look at the offense for a minute here last night. And, you know, first half, great. You know, things look good. They were able to put up some points. There were some big plays made. Second half, completely different story. So, um, you know, they – Hertz ends up with 304 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, huge fumble, 15 rushes, 70 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, on the ground, a 103.4 passer rating. You can add a two-point conversion there. I'll tell you this. On that two-point conversion, I didn't think he had any business getting the end zone. It just shows how strong dude, the guy is. Dude, Incredible. I mean, seriously, they stood him up. And his ex- now, he got a little push from the back. But still, his lower body strength is oh. ridiculous. The way he moved them off that line of scrimmage to get in there. The, the, I mean, what? I mean, you, he's not your prototypical quarterback, 6'5", 230. But, no. dude, what he's able to do as an athlete, you a lot of stuff he's, he, he does you can't teach. It, it's, right. it's, you, you work on these things to get better, but it's a God-given talent, his, some of the abilities that he has. But nobody outworks this dude. This this dude works as hard as anybody. He made himself into a frontline quarterback, a, an, an elite quarterback in, in just a year, in one year's time. Um, what more could you ask him to do? Did he make the mistake, try to switch hands, drop the ball, cost him something? Yes. Okay, but you look at the rest of his game, his first time ever in a Super Bowl, the guy played like he had been there before. He made the throws he had to make. Yep. He stepped up and ran when he had to run. He picked up the necessary downs when he had to. He got the touchdown. He had three rushing touchdowns. Okay. What else do you want from him? You know, I mean, you can't ask any more than what you asked of him. You know, and so he made yeah. a mistake. Mistakes are part of football. It happens. Okay. Yeah, and how do you bounce back? And here's what really impressed me about that, Derek. After he makes that mistake, they come right down the field and score. And, and that's when you yes. kind of understood, like, what this guy's – his mental makeup is. He's never going to be someone who's devastated by a mistake, who hangs right. his head. Right. Like, you know that. The other thing you know is the moment's not too big. There were people in very, very incorrectly who questioned – 
you know, what kind of quarterback this guy was, et cetera. You know, like morons, like kickers on, on a team that got eliminated, part of the crybaby, yeah. you know, act yeah. of the 49ers, you know, saying force this guy to throw and, you know, all this other stuff that we heard. You saw what he did in the air. And it wasn't just like some of it was deep shots. Some of it was putting it up and letting guys like A.J. Brown make plays, trusting him. But others were touch passes. Some of the throws to Goddard, you kind of mm. dropped it between you know, bracketed coverage and stuff like that. Like you saw it all on full display last night. The other thing is it's damn near impossible to stop the quarterback sneak because of how strong he is and the way the Eagles have, have just mastered it with, you know, with kind of pushing him from behind. It's a deadly play. It's a deadly way. It's almost like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar skyhook. It's not stoppable, even though you know it's coming from back in the day. So that was great. It was great to see him on that stage against, uh, you know, a, a guy who's going to go down as an all-timer, you know, kind of go, you know, at least do his thing, right? Um, the the bad is obviously the turnover, and that's seven points right there that was just gifted to them, where they should have right. only had seven points at the half. And your the inability to run the ball. You know, again, Sanders gained well Scott. 17 rushes, 45 yards. That's 2.7 yards per carry. So you became very one-dimensional. If it wasn't Jalen running, you weren't getting any kind of effective run offense at all. And that's – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just I, saying that was, that was a calling card of them all year. They were able to run the ball. I mean, they ran the ball 88 times the last two games in, in the playoffs leading up to this game. I, um, I got to watch the game again because I want to see what Kansas City did to take away the running lanes – Something that the 49ers defense could, the 49ers were the number one deep. Now, granted, they were exhausted. They were on the field so much. I get that. But the Giants couldn't stop it. The 49ers couldn't stop it. What did Kansas City do differently to plug the gaps and not give them? Because there were a lot of times when you were waiting for Miles or Boston Scott to turn up and hit the hole, they had to bounce it outside a little further, try to stretch it, because there was nothing in the middle of the field. So what does Spagnola see and do? to take away that from them, because you're right. They ran at will against most opponents in the National Football League all season long. They mm -hmm. dared you to stop it, and then they embarrassed you by still running it down your throat. But for some reason, they could not. And Kansas City is not a great run defense. And yet, for this particular game, Kansas City stepped up and shut down their run. Now, now they, they could do very little with Hurts on the, run, on, on the quarterback runs. I get that. You know, no matter what you try to do, sometimes you can't account for that, especially when motion is flowing one way and the quarterback's going going back the other way because you got a gaping seam there. But Kansas City did an incredible job of bottling up their running game. You know, when you look at how bad the running game was, you know, um, the backup running back play outplayed the starting running back. Game sure. well by outplayed Miles Sanders. Yeah, but still, it wasn't enough. wasn't even close. Boston Scott outplayed Miles Sanders. Mm -hmm. You know, and 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 I don't and I don't understand it for the life of me. How did they stonewall that running attack that easily? I really don't. I'm waiting the whole second half. Outside of Hurts, I'm waiting that Miles is going to break one soon. Gamewell's about to break one, like he he did weeks before. Never came. It never yeah. came. It's like, it's I feel like you, we were waiting for that on both sides of the ball, Derek. Like we, we were sitting there like, okay, when are they going to be able to start to enforce their will at running the ball? Or when was a big run going to be going to be broken off right. on that side? And then the other side is when's the sack coming? When's the strip sack? When's the interception? When are they going to get that turnover? You know, the thing about Mahomes is as great as he is, he will throw interceptions. He will. He had 12 on the season. 
when is that going to happen? When's it going to happen? And it never happened. You know, Kansas City played a clean game. The Eagles did not. And they had two major flubs, the fumble and the punt return. And, you know, there's a lot of things we can look at. And we've we've laid it out for the first, you know, hour and 40 minutes that we've been doing the show. But those two things, it's impossible to get around it. Those two mistakes. The closest they got to sacking Mahomes was the play where he stepped up in the pocket. I don't know who had him, but he's falling to the ground. He flips the ball to the middle of the oh. field. And Kelsey, Kelsey picks it up off the turf. Yeah. I'm like, that's Insane. about as demoralizing as it gets right there. But yep. that's the closest they got to getting Mahomes on one leg to the ground the mm-hmm. entire game. Every time, and, and we went into this game talking about how the edge rushers cannot attack him by looping around. And how many times did Mahomes step up in the pocket because here comes Hassan Reddick trying to loop around Wiley. Didn't work. On the other side, Josh Sweat with a wide loop. All he did was step up and buy a few more seconds and burned him on it. I thought the edge rushers were very undisciplined in terms of how they were attacking him or in terms of how Jonathan Gannon told him to attack him. We all knew going into this game, you cannot loop around. You have to come at a direct angle on Patrick Mahomes and keep him bottled up. You cannot let that man step up and slide one way or the other. He did it at will. Again, another part of no adjustments ever made in that game. You know, yeah. but but their running game, I, and, and I'm sure Sirianni and those guys are going to look at it over and over and over again. The blocking assignments were not there. Kansas City was beating them off the snap. Every time a running back got the ball and tried to flood one way or the other side, Kansas City had men coming. They had men coming in a hurry. And at some point I'm thinking, why not run more bootlegs? Even try bootlegs. And Sirianni didn't even go to bootlegs in this game. Yep. You know, every team uses the bootleg play. Sirianni never even used it in this game. And I don't understand no. why. If you're heavily pursuing in that regard, you got to catch them. You got to catch them at least once to make them back up. Never caught them. They never forced Kansas City to play out of their game. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just – it felt like I, I kept saying to myself, what did they do these two weeks? You know, what did they do with all this extra time to prepare? What did they do with the 35 minute halftime? If you want to just 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 you know hone it down to that. Meanwhile, Kansas City makes all kinds of adjustments. They're able to to, to Andy stays true to the run, something we always knocked them for. The clock is managed perfectly. You know, you name it. And the Eagles weren't good leading in, or at least specifically halftime making the adjustments, and or they weren't good in-game, just saying basically, like after the, as I mentioned earlier, the first two drives of Kansas City, you're like, I got to do something else. You know, or, you know, how, how can we be more successful here with the ball? I mean, they ended up scoring 11 points in the second half. It was it. They had, the, they had the late drive where they scored and got the two-point conversion, and they had a field goal, and that was it. You know, and they, they put up a 24 spot in the first half. Yeah. So they, yeah. there were – and part of that was they didn't have the ball much and they didn't have possessions and time and all that. I get it. But it was just across the board you're saying to yourself, is that it? Like you don't have any kind of counterpunch here to, to what this guy's doing or these guys yeah. are doing to you? Nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I, you got you got our coach. Sirianni, Steichen, got outcoached. Flat out. Plain and simple. Spagnola outcoached him. I, I think there was a fear factor on both sides of the ball. I think 
I think the Eagles got a little bit too conservative in the second half. Uh, let's just try to protect the lead and hold on to this thing. They were too methodical, and as, as I said off the top of the show, way too methodical in their drive that where they got the tying touchdown. It was like they weren't certain about what they wanted to do. They weren't in a great position in the final minutes in terms of timeouts because they had to burn timeouts, you know. And, and all of this came back, came home to roost on them, you know. It's a it's a great learning. It's it's amazing, but it's, it just goes to show you how this game is so unpredictable. You look at a Doug Peterson goes into a Super Bowl with with depleted weapons, and they find a way to beat a dominant team like New England. And here the Eagles were the dominant team. They go into a game against a, a a banged up Kansas City team with a bunch of young players, and they choked on the big stage. One thing we haven't talked about. They signed Nick Fangio to a two-week contract. He's supposed to be this defensive guru. Yep. How much did he play into the, the failure of this defense as well? What did he tell Gannon that he should do? Because he was a head coach at Denver. He faced Patrick Mahomes twice a season. So, obviously, he knew something about what Andy Reid likes to do, and he knew uh, you know, uh, Mahomes' tendencies. What mm-hmm. the heck did he tell Gannon that Gannon did or did not do in this game? Now, Vince, Vic Fangio is this defensive guru, okay? Right. Got a job waiting for him in Miami. Before he goes to Miami, so I'll help you guys out. What help did he give him? I don't know. I, I find that whole thing strange. Like, if I'm Miami, I'm like, what's going on, man? You know, what What? What are you doing? You know? Like, I'm sure this was in the works, you know, long before he signed officially with the Dolphins. I still find it strange. You know, I guess you could, you could to an extent look at it and say no stone unturned, how he'll do anything to try yeah. and get an edge. Yeah. So I'm not going to like knock it necessarily, but yeah, I mean, I saw no innovation. I saw I saw no, no. Um, no. you know, advantage to someone who knows intimately what Kansas City likes to do. I saw none of that. In fact, they reverted. Like this is the worst the defense has looked. Really? I mean, I mean, I if I think back, Dallas was bad Christmas Eve. But they had they didn't have CJ Garner Johnson, right? Or they have, or Avante, right? Yeah. They didn't have either one of those guys, I believe. Yeah. Um yeah. they didn't have Dallas Goddard. That's the other side of the ball. But anyway, as, as healthy as they were, this is probably the worst they looked since I guess maybe like week one against Detroit, where Detroit was able to move the ball a lot on them. Yeah, and, and again, some of that is you're playing Patrick Mahomes, man. Like you're playing Andy Reid, that you know, everybody struggles. They're the number one scoring offense for. I get all that. I see Rob's going through Wi Fi issues. Hey, Xander, is Rob having Wi Fi issues again? Or is it me? You got to step up your game. You were able to step up your game when you beat. Gotcha. I'm here. Are you, are you still there? I'm here. Been, Hi. You, all right. You've been, you've been going in and out. So I don't know if that's me I, or if that was you. I don't know that time. I, I'm on, I'm working off my hotspot. I got, I got every, everything. I'm trying everything, man. I'm trying. Um, no, I was saying like you, you picked the wrong time for your, probably your worst collective effort. And and some of that is the chiefs, but some of that is you, you know, in, in, in the last Super Bowl, you figured it out with backups in, in certain spots and you upped your game. The Eagles didn't up their game. Certainly they didn't for 60 minutes. Maybe they did for 30. I screamed on the post-game show 
that this defense showed Mahomes and that offense too much respect. You don't you don't show respect to an opponent when you're trying to win that Vince Lombardi trophy. You go out and you try to demoralize that opponent. Now, it was it was the best matchup you could have this season. You had the two best teams. The last time two number one seeds faced off in the Super Bowl was back in 2017 when it was the Eagles and the Patriots. So you had the two best teams. You had the number one, number three offenses. You had a stout Eagles defense against an okay Chiefs defense. The Chiefs stepped up on both sides of the ball. They showed no fear whatsoever of this vaunted Eagles pass rush, this vaunted Eagles run defense. I thought Gannon, coupled with Vic Fangio, showed way too much respect for what was across from them. Because let's face it, yeah, it starts with Patrick Mahomes. But he had average receivers at best. He had decent running backs, but not great. You don't go up and challenge them? Who's Juju Smith-Schuster, a cast-off right. from Pittsburgh? Who's Kadarius Tony, a cast-off from the Giants? Who's Marcus Valdez-Scantling, a cast-off from Green Bay? It's not like they were the front-line players. They're not even considered the top 15, top 20 receivers in the game. Mm-hmm. But you paid them that kind of homage. You you pay, you showed them that kind of respect. You don't get up in their faces the entire game. You had Bradbury. You had Slay. You had Maddox. You had CJ. You had the best secondary in football on the field. The best quartet of secondary and Epps. The best secondary uh, numbers that you could possibly have across the board. You played like you were afraid of them. You played scared. This concept of keeping everything in front of me, you kept everything in front of you. The problem was you let them move down the field on you. You let them do exactly what Mahomes does, dink and dunk his way down the field. You didn't take him off his routes. You didn't take him off his rhythm. You didn't take him off his stride. You let him do whatever he wanted to do back there. You had two different halves to adjust to this, to give him something, but you played the same brand of football for 60 minutes. Did you think somebody like Mahomes and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy were not going to figure this thing out? Yeah, you know, you're right, Derek, and you bring a good point because there's respect and then there's fear. And yes. you can respect an opponent and then you take it to a certain degree and then you're playing scared. And it felt like to me, and I know the knock that's been the knock on Gannon all year is he doesn't play aggressive enough and there's a bit of a fear factor. And all that in my defense was always, Hey, he doesn't give up big plays and look at the sack totals and all that. I'm not defending anything last night. Okay. Um, But yeah, like at some point you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone and throw caution to the wind. And I just felt like last night he was like, this is what we do. This is what what, we, you know, you're going to go with the the person who brought, you know, brung you to the dance, so to speak. And it it didn't work. And at some point you gotta, you gotta go to plan B and he was too late on the switch. And, and here's the other thing. Some of this, I'm going to lay on Sirianni. Dude, you're the head coach. You don't like what's going on on that side of the ball? Tell him the blitz a little bit more. Tell him to change yeah, things up yeah. a little bit. You ultimately yeah. are the one who makes the call here. He's your coordinator. He works for you. So I don't care if you feel like you're bigfooting the guy. Go bigfoot him. Because you, 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 were, you were getting bled to death last night by a thousand cuts. You had an offensive coordinator to run your offense. You alleviated that role so you could focus on more aspects of the overall game. And you're absolutely right, Rob. How are you not in your defensive coordinator's face? Can you come up and blitz this dude, Some anything? 
the disruptive timing? Can you do something? And I don't know if Nick, obviously we didn't see enough sideline shots in the game to know whether or not they had that conversation or not, but I would have been screaming at my defensive coordinator. What in the world are you doing? Can you do something different to come after this guy? Mm-hmm. Do you understand who we're playing right now? Yeah. They're walking up and down the field on us. Do you understand what what we're doing here? You've got to find a way to get in his face. The throw is received. Get your corner, get your Pro Bowl secondary. I mean, think about it, Rob. That whole secondary is Pro Bowl caliber. No doubt. And he, that, that that includes Avante. Avante is identified as one of the best slot corners in the game. CJ, one of the best safeties in the game. You got two of the best so-called cornerbacks in the game. And Marcus Epps is an up-and-coming. Yeah, can lock Marcus guys up one-on-one. You can lock guys up. Did, we, did you see him lock and anything up? And the receiving core is not – there's no Tyree Hill out there. No. Did you see him lock up anybody? How many times did you see them no. come up and play press coverage compared to Kansas City's guys playing it the entire game? Very few. I don't know what the numbers are, but very few. I'd be surprised it was more than 12, 15 times. I'd have been in the I'd have been in the guy's faces. Why are you so afraid that a guy gets past you? Kansas City wasn't, and they paid for it. They paid for it. They got they got deep shot it. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 ball Jalen Hurts threw to, to AJ for that touchdown. He threw it in, in coverage. Yeah, let it let his guy go burn. make a play. Let his guy go make yeah. a play, dude. It's what you gotta do. And yeah, right, so let, let's look at a positive here. The the shame of it offensively is Devontae Smith, I thought, and took some hellacious hits, by the way, along the way. But seven yeah. catches, 100 yards, 14.3 yards per catch. You know, and the shame of it is I thought it was really borderline the one on the sideline, you know, whether it was going to be overturned or not. And it was overturned. It was ruled yep. not a catch. It was really close. I thought because they called it initially a catch, there was, you know, generally when that's the, the, the case and it's really close like that, you get the play, but they didn't get the play. So we could have had even more because that was a, that was a big one. Well, then on top of that, the, the, the Eagles try to line up quickly like they did against the 49ers and call the next play. Referee stopped play saying Kansas City didn't have a chance to make substitution. And it was their error. It was the officiator, officiating yes. error. Yeah. So while Let they're debating it. You know, that's a great point there. Yeah. The, while they're debating it. Gives Andy Reid and his crew more time to decide to challenge it, and sure enough, they did. Yep, that was a killer. I'll give you the other one under the radar a little bit. The false start on Sayamalu, the play before Hurts fumbles. Yes, because you're lined up to get your 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 prototypical you know quarterback sneak. Boom, you're going to get it right. You get that. They weren't stopping you. You probably go down the field and score. It's a 14 point swing due in large part to that penalty, which put you jammed you up and put you back. I'm not excusing Jalen. He's he's obviously the one who fumbled it. But if if Sayamalu make doesn't you know, have a false start, that could change everything right there. It's it's the little you know minutia there, the details, if you will, that just kill you. You know, Roger Goodell came out and said at, at his press conference at the Super Bowl, the officiating this season was the best it's ever been. And we talked about officiating all season long, and I understand why he defends his guys, but uh, that is as big a fallacy as there is in terms of the officiating. There were so many missed calls throughout the course of the season, and not just with Eagle games, but other games we watched as well. Mm -hmm. So many questionable calls. Um, And I understand understand he's going to defend his guys because if he says they need work, obviously that's going to blow up across the league. But there were there were several huge mistakes in the game yesterday 
and it cost the Eagles. And it seemed like they were all on the Eagles also, you know. And I know people are saying the league is fixed and the refs helped the uh, Chiefs win this game. We'll never know that for sure. But the, the all think about it, all the questionable calls in the game were, were on the Eagles, not not Kansas City. It was on yeah, the Eagles. I mean, the only one the Eagles got was the was the Miles Sanders. The and Miles that was Sanders. you know, right yep. on the border. Yep. You know? But yeah, you're right. And it's it's just frustrating. You just don't want to notice them in big games. You know, more than anything else. You just you just hope that they're not, you know, noticeable. Uh, but they were very noticeable, you know, that's for sure. Uh in that well, game and when yeah. you get to this game, you're supposed to have the best of the best. It's like the NBA Finals, uh, Major right. League Baseball Finals. You have the best crew, the crew that's graded out the highest to, to officiate a game of this magnitude. And if that was their best crew, this league's got issues. You got yeah. issues. You got big issues. All right. All right. Let's do this. Let's come back and let's discuss the future of Steichen who's interviewing with the Colts today, the future of Gannon, who's interviewing with the Cardinals. Throw Michael Clay in there because I'm not so sure Michael Clay is going to survive this thing either, especially after that punt last night. So we'll dive into that. We'll get into the anthem. We'll get into halftime. Uh, Nick Sirianni crying, uh, very emotional um, pregame. Uh, yeah, the whole nine. We'll, we'll dive into all the sort of pomp and circumstance, commercials, everything that went on uh, during Super Bowl 57. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network with you on this Monday. All right, let's talk a little bit of razor technology and data estate. Data is everywhere in business, but when it's locked away in silos, it can't be efficiently used, and businesses don't have the time to wait for the insights that shape decision-making. Razor Technologies Data Management not only integrates data from whenever it's generated or wherever it's generated or collected, but provides a uniform structure for storing, interpreting, and distributing it to decision makers. Razor helps businesses transform and model their data, use it to populate real-time dashboards, and create shareable reports that highlight key areas of progress, as well as warning signs in need of attention. Smart data analytics and the tools that make data analytics insights make them easily digestible to help businesses of all sizes and types discover where they could be untapping significant savings. Razor technology can help you break down your silos and fully realize the value of your data to drive growth for your business. To learn more, contact Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. We are back. Yes, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, hanging out with you. Look, anybody can do a show when things are going well and everybody's winning and it's great plays. And look at this guy. It takes the big boys, Derek. We bring out the big guns uh, when you're coming off a Super Bowl loss. This is not easy. Barrett, Barrett gets to be on a plane ride home, man. He'll he'll pick it up tomorrow. Okay, yeah. So you how so so we, so we had. Uh, how long is your post game show for WIP? I went until one thirty. So how long? So technically, how long would you say? Generally, we do in the four hour range. This one was a maybe a little less. The game ended around ten. Is it, I you don't do know what time a, it ended. You do a four hour post game show. Usually. Okay. Yeah, so usually. let's say you did. Let's say you did three and a half. Three and, and a half. I guess had, it ended around ten. I couldn't even tell you honestly. And you have to sit here and do three more. So in a span of less than 24 hours, you have to talk about this for six and a half hours and, <laughs> and, and have to and have to suck it up. You can't just be the general fan who's who's down and out today and, and depressed. You have to suck it up and analyze yeah. it and talk about it and rehash it. And mm-hmm. man, you are a trooper. I'll tell you what I what I can't honestly, what I can't do, like I don't know about you, but even if it's really late, I have a hard time. Like when we do night, you know, shows right. and whatnot, right. I, I can't just fall right asleep the second I my head hits the pillow. I got to just kind of lay oh. there for a little while, you know, whatever, vegging with the TV on. I said, I made a promise to myself last night. I'm like, when you get home, just go to bed, man. Don't put it on. Because I, I refused to torture myself last night watching, you know, more analysis of it. I couldn't, and I, and, and I couldn't do it this morning either, Derek. 
Really? So I, yeah, man. Like I can't. I like I will just for show purposes later. I'll watch. I'll go back and watch the game like I always do, just to pick up on some things and you know take my notes and all that. But I, I can't sit there and watch it be broken down anymore. Like I just can't do it. Um. I got up to the hotel lobby because, as you know, at Ocean Casino, the casino floor is like five four floors below the actual lobby of the hotel. Right. So I walked up with Mike Missanelli. We went over to the deli there and got a sandwich, sell some sandwiches and some drinks and a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. And then I went up to my room and I got to my room about one, one fifteen. called my wife, talked to her for about 10 minutes. And I've got the TV on. I turn it right to the NFL Network. I'm watching it. You know how they they loop their shows. Sure. So I watched it at least three times. And while I'm watching it, after I talked to the wife um, and had my sandwich, I set up for another two hours, and I'm doing notes for the show today. Mm-hmm. So I think I got to bed at about three thirty-five. I got up at eight. Got out. Of, got it out of the hotel in my car. I was out the hotel uh, parking garage by nine twenty-five and. And, and came home. So it's not like I could just, be, you know, bury myself under the covers when the game was, I wanted to watch it again to see some things that I had missed before. Yeah. And, and of course to go over all the different segments we were going to do today for the show. So I, you know, it's, I kept myself, kept myself busy, you know, so to speak. Yeah. So I, by the time I got home, probably looking at like the two thirty range Yeah. laid there, fell asleep about three thirty up about 7:30 ish somewhere around there and oh. then yeah because I, I had some other stuff i had to do as well and then then i start you and i like you you do you do your work late night i'll do my yep. my work early morning so i'll start yep. grinding and laying the show out you know the, this morning yep. so that's kind of the, the direction i went but yeah like generally i'll i'll throw on like good morning football or something like that in the morning while i'm doing my work you know whatever but i'm like not today i'll just I'll just power through it. And get you couldn't even turn it on today. today? Nah, nah, I'm not there. Wow. I'm, I'm not. Wow. I need. Yeah. Like some, there are times where I just know, like I'm better off not even watching this stuff. I don't want to, I just don't want to hear it right now. So I'm, I'm in that mode, but yeah, I mean, it's fine. Look, I mean, it, it, we'll, we'll get through it. Like we talk about all the time. So, um, so, so yeah. Before you went to bed, you mean you didn't even have a bowl or a little plastic baggie of Cheerios before you went to bed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Uh, I did it this morning. Yeah, yeah, I did not, man. Well, it, it was. I, I'll tell you the the setup that we had for our post game show. We we did our show for WIP at the Fillmore, which yeah. is a great music yeah. venue, yeah. right? Yep. Really yep. cool place in Philadelphia. And did all our you know all day coverage there, and um, also did a halftime show. So it. During the halftime show, as you could imagine, it was crazy because at that point, the Eagles are up 24-14. The whole place is rocking, right? Yep. They're going crazy. You had that coupled with Rihanna performing, and they're all locked in on Rihanna, and we're right there on the stage, and then there's the big screen. Everybody's going crazy. The, the atmosphere was good then. Man, afterwards, you could hear a pin drop. You could yes. hear a pin drop. Was it like that at the at the gallery, too, at, at Ocean? Ocean Casino was, was packed before the game. And during the game, we're we're up on the uh, we're on the floor above the casino in a green room, in a in a private green room. And anytime yeah. there were big plays, you could hear the whole casino erupting. Okay, mm-hmm. when that game was when when the Kansas City hit that that final field goal to seal the deal, 
dude, it was like a, it was like a, a funeral. And by the time we got, when we got downstairs, we go downstairs with like maybe two minutes left in the game and get in place to get ready for the post game show. It's still packed because people right. are watching Kansas city methodically work down the field. I say by the end of the first half hour, 40 minutes of the post game show behind us, had, had basically cleared out. There were a few stragglers sitting around the, that beautiful bar there. Uh, right. But for the most part, that place cleared out in a hurry. Um, it, it was like a death sentence because nobody, <laughs> nobody thought the Eagles were going to lose this game. And even though we said, hey, that dude Mahomes is special, nobody thought the Eagles were going to lose this game Lose this game with the talent they had on the field. And lo and yeah. behold, it's like Black Monday in this region. Well, I've done so many of these, Derek, like like post game shows and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I was talking to a couple of the guys, and I'm like, "Look, I'm not breaking any news here to you, but this goes one of two ways. Just be ready. It's either a wedding or a funeral. Okay. Yeah. Yep. There's no in between. There, there's not going to be anybody thinking rationally and saying we'll get them next year and let's do big picture. No. When you're in the moment right after it happens, you're you're hurt, man. You're wounded. You're going to react. You want, you want blood. You're going to, you're going to finger point. You're going to blame people. You know, that's just human nature. And, you know, and, and I think today you're still the same way. It's going to take a little while to be able to put it all in perspective. If you're an Eagles fan that, wow, man, they went from nine wins to 17 wins. And, and they went from two years ago, having four wins to being a three points shy of winning a Like it's all real. That's the reality, but you know how it is, man. You're, you're, you're in the moment right now and you're not, yeah. you don't want to hear any of that when you're a no. fan of a team. No, no. Um, and that's why I said, I've learned a long time ago how to control those adrenaline highs and lows, because when you come crashing down, man, it's like, you don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You don't want to be around people. You don't want to rewatch it. You just want to just sit and just get through the day. And unfortunately in our business, you got to get right back in the saddle, man. Come, come, High, highs or lows, you got to get back in the saddle and get ready to do what yep. you do, you know, and, and it's well, tough. Gunner, think about it from an organizational, like let's say you're Howie, okay? Yeah. Everything's coming here. The, yeah. the combine's like a like in a, a minute away. Free agency kicks off before you know it. Like you, you have no time to even really sit around and think about this. You got a million decisions on your roster as we just went over. Like there's so many things that have to happen quickly because you go this late because it's man, it's almost it's mid-February basically. Yeah, so today's yeah. February 13th. So you got to be on it quick. Fox showed the shot of Howie and Jeffrey in the box when Jalen Hurts got their two-point conversion yeah. to tie the game, and you saw the euphoria in their box. Oh, and then crazy. all of a sudden, all the air is sucked out of you in the next two to three minutes of the game, and you're standing there going. Everything we worked for, everything we planned for, fell mm -hmm. apart in a span of 30 minutes of football. Right. Everything right. fell apart. Now we got to start back. Because let's face it, nobody really remembers the runner-up in any big game. You only remember the champion, you know. Mm -hmm. And there's 31 teams, including the Eagles, that now have to sit back and find out how do we get better so we get over that hump. Yeah, you know, and as good as the Eagles are, we just talked about it. Seventeen potential free agents, seven was seven, nine of which were starters on this oh, team. More than half of your starters are. And free you got to somehow, some way, find a way 
to suck it up and rebuild this thing because now the bar has been set high. You were right. the best of the best in the NFC by far mm -hmm. the best. of. You have to find a way to maintain that because you have a young quarterback. You have a nucleus of weapons that can get it done. Anything less than getting back to the Super Bowl is a failure. No question. You yeah. Know, and that's fine. Look, look, I'd rather it be that way. Right. I'd rather you set the bar high, you know, and not just accept, oh, just happy to be there and happy to get in the playoffs. No, you, 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 no, no. you you've, you've set a standard for yourself. You know, hey, you mentioned, we're going to give all that love out to Jeffrey yeah. Lurie and Howie and all that. That's that's where it's at. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned uh, February 13th. Did you take care of your lovely bride for tomorrow? I, I there is a plan in place. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to do some some work after we get off. Oh, uh, see, you got to yes. play ahead of the game, brother. See, I ordered my wife's candy from C's Candy last week. See, I get to, I've gotten to a point now. I've been married so long that she, we all love C's Candies is some of the best candies on the planet, and they they're they're um their catalog to pick from is incredible. So yeah. I've gotten to the point where I said, okay, which ones do you want? So, you know, it's not a surprise. After all these years of marriage, you know, it's expected now. Way, it's yeah, expected, this is what I want. You know? There's no nonsense. Yeah. Like, let's no. go. Yeah. You know, why did you, why did you get me these? I, mean, I don't like these. And why did you get them? Okay. What what do you want? Correct. So, yeah. you know, the money I spend just on candy alone, you, you don't want to know. Now, you know? did you did you, did you you take care of D-Gun too? Or did you get yourself a little something, something? Be honest. Here, yeah. Here's what she did. She goes. And you know, because she knows that their peanut brittle is is second to none. She goes, yep. and, and get yourself a little box of peanut brittles from me. I said, so I'm paying for all of this, but this gift is for me, right? Okay. From you, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it was like a hundred and twenty six dollars, including shipping. Everything's outrageous, man. Everything's out of control. So you. normally, so normally, I make the mistake and don't get a re uh, restaurant reservation until the last minute, and then by then everything's booked, and you end up going yep. somewhere you really didn't want to go. Yeah. So I made I did that two weeks in advance. I'm good tomorrow there. You, you know? man, you're on fire. I love it. I love it. Get yeah, the, it's get good. the flowers this evening. I'm good. So I just got uh -huh. an email from C's Candy saying your order will be delivered today. Boom. 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 Oh, I'm good. All right. Good work. <laughs> uh, good work. All right. So I'm not trying to make people feel feel even worse, Derek. But we've uh, we've been on a a good, but ultimately not satisfying run here in Philadelphia sports. What do I mean by that? Phillies get to game six of the world series. Okay. And it ends in excruciating fashion, basically with that home run. If you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Union go to overtime and PKs and that's how they lose their final. Yeah. Okay. And now we have the Eagles getting to within three points of winning a Super Bowl, you want to throw? You can actually throw Villanova, who got to the Final Four. You know. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then and then Jay Wright walks after that. <laughs> so man, that was you're just making it worse, not better. I know. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, it's good in the sense that the teams are not doormats; they're really good. But it also hurts that much more when you get to that point because you know it's there's no guarantees. So it's been yeah. a little bit of a tough stretch from that perspective here in Philly sports. And, and I hate to say this, Rob. Don't expect your six, Sixers to break that doldrum either. No. I don't think your Sixers are going to break no. that. Break I, that let me tell you, I have zero expectation, Derek. Honest to God, <laughs> zero. I None. think they could be another second round and out team. 
to be yeah. honest. I, I would agree with you. I, I would agree with you. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little Sixers in, in, in a little bit. They made a, a minor move, which we'll talk about. But all right, let me hit you with this. So as I yep. mentioned, Steichen and, and, and Gannon are both interviewing today, respectively. Steichen with the Colts and Gannon with the Cardinals. Now, I think Steichen makes a lot, even though I don't think he had a very good game either. Right. Let me be clear last night. But I think he makes a lot of sense here with the Colts because Indianapolis can look at it and see the track record of the way that he developed a young, helped young, develop a young quarterback in Jalen to what Jalen is right now. You're, you're in their shoes. They're drafting. They're either going to get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. They're going to get one yep. or the other. The Texans yep. are going to take one. You're likely going to take the other because the two teams in between you are not taking quarterbacks. One of them is the Cardinals, who's got Kyler Murray, and the other one is the Bears, who have who has Justin Fields. Okay, so or unless or the quarterback from Kentucky because he's been talked about yeah. a lot also. Yeah, Will Levis. Will Levis yeah, is, is, is yep. the other one. Yep, yep. So one way or the other, you're getting one of the young three young quarterbacks. Like I get that. Like that one makes sense to me. You're looking at a guy who was an offensive coordinator. That, 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 like the, over the two years that he's been here. You've seen the quarterback grow, an offense that's really effective, et cetera. I get that one, right? That makes sense. The only thing I'd be a little bit leery if I'm – now, it's, this is Ursay, who's a bit of a whack job, but the only thing I'd be leery of, the last time you went after an Eagles assistant, an offensive coordinator, in fact, it was Frank Reich. And I think Frank Reich's a good coach, but for whatever too. reason, it didn't work out there. So that's I the only too. rub that may – it shouldn't be held against Gannon – or, jeez, uh, Gannon, a psychic, Stagy, but it could be. Yeah. Could be when when you dedicate your life to coaching and you travel the roads the way these coaches do, both at the college and pro ranks. Anytime you look at a coach's resume, Rob, look at how many stops they made along the way to get that moment in their lifetime to 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 get a chance to be a head coach where the big money is. Now, obviously, the the pressure on you is significantly more because you are the most identified coach. The head coach is the most identified coach on any football team at any level. Mm -hmm. So you have to answer the questions that you normally could hide behind your head coach as an offensive coordinator, you know? Yeah. You can't pass up that opportunity. And we, we agree. Yeah. You, we agree. The Colts is not an ideal situation based on what we, we hear about this owner and the way we've seen them, the way they treated uh, Frank Reich who I think is a, is, is a great person as well as a good, really good coach. Um, I agree. I agree. You, you go in with some trepidation, but you say to yourself, I got to do this. I mean, I get this chance again, you know, mm -hmm. and if I pull this off, if it doesn't work out there, I'll have other job opportunities waiting for me. But yeah. if I pass this yeah. up, it may be another two, three, four years before I get this chance again. Derek, let me give you a great example. Byron Leftwich. Exactly. You know, he, he could have had the Jags job. And and look, I get it. it. They were they were coming off a lot of dysfunction. Yes. But things change quickly and and Tampa doesn't have a good year and he gets run out of there. You know, and now he's looking for for a job as a, an assistant as opposed to being the head man. Like so when I think there's more benefit to grabbing a job and hoping that in yeah. believing in yourself you can yeah. fix it rather than not taking the gig for the most part. No, no, I agree because look at where Leftwich is right now. Have you heard his name lately mentioned in any job? Nope. In no. any capacity? Nope. Nope. So he's not he's not getting interviews as, for a head coaching job. Nope. You know, could he possibly stick around in Tampa? Nope. Because it basically they've parted ways. So what are you going to do? 
Are you going to go from a coordinator yeah. back to a position coach? No. Eh, no. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so then the other, the flip side of that is Gannon. Gannon's going to interview with the Cardinals. The Cardinals, you know, they're a difficult situation. Not only do you have uh, Kyler Murray tied up with a monstrous contract, the guy's coming off a serious knee injury. You don't know when he's yeah. even going to be back this season. Yeah. Um, not to mention, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins wants out. Um, you, you just got – there's just a mess. They're a mess. And that's a tough gig. But, again, you know, it falls in the same category. You'd grab it. The other thing is he's coming off a really bad performance. And how much weight does Arizona put into that? you know, all things considered, are you, are you, do you have to step back and say, I got to look at the entire season and this defense was really good. That's the, you know, that's the quandary there. Well, let's see. JJ Waters retired. You have some decent, you, you got some decent personnel coming back on your defense. I think it boils down to who is your offensive coordinator. And is that person strong enough personality wise to deal with the likes of a Kyler Murray, the pouting, um, the going against the grain, See right now, Kyler Murray has that that um, that, that has that uh, organization by the cojones because they owe him so much money. So yep. unless he decides to grow up and change as a person, whoever assumes that job is going to have problems with him. Unless you get somebody who can get in his face and 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 you know and get him to focus on playing football and not pouting like a twenty-something-year-old kid, a baby. But again, yeah. but then again, if I'm Gannon, especially after this atrocious performance if arizona offers me the job i'm moving to the sun the fun i got a dome stadium um i'm in warm weather um right. i i gotta take this chance but i think arizona after watching what gannon did yesterday has now to really sit back and reanalyze this we just went through this with a guy named cliff kingsbury do right. we do we really want to go through this again with jonathan gannon They've got some nice offensive pieces, offensive line, running back, tight end. But how much can Kyler Murray affect what we want to do there? Mm -hmm. Can we get him on board? Can we get him to show maturity? That's a huge factor in terms of – Yeah, and that's me, one of the big things – sorry. No, go ahead. That That's one of the big things to me about whomever you're interviewing for that job – you know, you're having those conversations. How are you able to get the best out of him? What are you going to do maybe differently that wasn't done previously? You know, that because let's face it, whether you like it or not, as the incumbent, the guy who's coming in as that coach, you are going to have to figure that guy out. Now, maybe the, just that yeah. he ain't the guy, right? And I have my real doubts about the guy, period. But you have to do your absolute, every stone unturned to figure him out and get him in a comfort zone. A, a guy like Kyler Murray could be a death sentence to a head coach. We yep. saw what happened with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, if you can't get him on board to play up to his expectation, um, it could be a short tenure for the coach. It's not going to be a short tenure for the quarterback because until he gets out from un, under that guaranteed money, he's got you right where he wants you. Yep. If you cut him, you got to pay him. If you trade him, you got to pay him, or you're going to take that dead cap hit. So either way, you know, very few will do what Howie Roseman does. Jettison a franchise quarterback knowing that that next year they're going to be under that dark cloud of a severe cap hit. You know, that's a brave move from a front office. 
to just get rid of a dude because you're tired of him and, 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 and take that cap hit. Um, Kyler Murray has potential to be a good quarterback in this league. For a dude 5'10", he's got a strong arm. You can't catch him, dude. He's like the Energizer Bunny. He runs all over the field and makes plays on the move. You know, you know, he puts he does put fear in defenses. He can throw it a country mile also. But it's the mental makeup of him which really worries a lot of people and especially a potential coach in terms of can I win him over? Can I get him on my side? Can I get him to show maturity and not pout on the sidelines? Not go against yeah. the grain, not to be outspoken against us. Those are huge factors, man. And I don't know if Jonathan Gannon has that kind of personality, to be honest. I know. I don't know if he does either. I know he interviews well, right? And and, yeah. and that yeah. go a long way. We all know that. Yeah. Um, Michael Clay. Mm. That, it, you know, he has not had a great couple of years here as the as the special teams coach. No. And you know, the organization made the decision yesterday, Derek, to activate Sipos, uh, who hadn't played in a long time. Look, I, I don't think either alternative was great. Let me be clear about this. Brett Kern was not punting mm. well either. No. Um, but it didn't work out. Okay. Um, the return game wasn't stellar. The kickoffs and punt coverage were not stellar. The the only saving grace is Jake Elliott's a stud, but I don't know how much of that is Michael Clay. Um, I'm not sure he's back. I'm really not sure. I agree. If if Nick Nick is uh, really good about defending his coaches, and you know Michael Clay was the what the youngest special teams coordinator in the NFL. Um, I yep. think youth reared reared its ugly head this season, and Nick needs to sit back. If you want to get better, you got to make changes, and changes are tough, especially when you like people. But in a business like football, you have to put personal uh, personal um, aside from from professional. And I think this is going to be a decision Nick has to make because if you continue to bring him back, he's going to be a liability for you in 23. You know, yeah. I don't think he can change his MO in terms of what he is or is not. And you know what? You ran your course with him. You gave him a chance. It didn't work out. Um, you got to move on. And hopefully he does that. Hopefully, from a, from an Eagles fan base, hopefully Gannon gets a head coaching job, and hopefully Michael Clay moves on. Um, Michael Michael Clay has to look at himself in the mirror and say, maybe it's best I go back to a position instead of being a coordinator. What I tried to do just ain't there yet. Mm. No, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Um, all right, I don't know how much you got to see of this. I, I frankly saw very little. Uh, of of halftime because I was I was on the air. Um, I, I saw reactions from people mixed. Yeah. Some thought it was awesome. Some thought it yeah. was just eh. Yeah. Um, but let's start with halftime, and then I, I want to get your impressions of the national anthem with Chris Stapleton. Did you get a chance to see any of of Rihanna at halftime? I saw I saw like two or three minutes, and I said, okay, that's enough. Um, the thing is, she has an incredible voice, incredible stage presence. I don't need to see a, a grown grown woman in, on a national platform grabbing her crotch. I mean, I know that's part of her her stage presence, but I, yeah, I'm like, okay, you got kids watching this as well. You don't need to be doing that. And, you know, you, this is not just an adult audience. You got kids sitting there watching that as well. Outside of that, I thought it was just okay. You know, I love some of her older songs, and I know she wanted to, uh, I believe, uh, premiere uh, one of her new songs that's coming yeah, out. First time, coming first out. time she's been on stage in six years. Uh, but I just thought there was no wow factor with that. Dude, after last year's Super Bowl, it would be hard for anybody to duplicate that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I just, 
after she started singing, you know, I thought it was interesting that the whole entourage was coming down from scaffolds onto the playing surface. You know, I'm thinking, oh, man, that's a little dangerous. But you can see in the back they had a, a wires attached to them in case something happened. They wouldn't fall to the ground. But the overall performance was like, come on, seriously? I, I, she lost me when she started doing the crotch grabbing stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. I, I, I saw, like I said, I saw very little of it. I'm just going off of what, what people were reacting to. There's their talk that, that she's maybe pregnant again. I don't know. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. So that's not my territory, man. If uh, she was pregnant and got up on that scaffold, I mean, that, that, hey, hey, that ain't playing with a full deck right there. Mm, you know, I hear you. Um, I did see this and I thought it was pretty cool. I, I thought Chris Stapleton nailed the national anthem. And wow, Nick Sirianni was not holding back the emotions. And I think that's part of what endears him to his players. And, you know, for me, at least what I, I think he's a very genuine guy. I don't think it's a put on and I don't think he's trying to hide it, et cetera. I, I thought it was kind of cool in general, but what'd you think about Stapleton and Sirianni's reaction? Chris Stapleton killed the national anthem. He killed it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was great. It heartfelt, emotional. And, and the funny thing was when we saw the shot of Sirianni with tears streaming down the face, the first thing I said to the crew in the green room was, you know, there's another meme coming. Remember the one where Michael Jordan was crying, and all of a sudden that one popped up everywhere for like a year. Yeah, you know, you know, another one's coming. You know, but I do think I do think Nick Sirianni is the genuine article. You know, uh, and I think he 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 was touched by the moment. I think the emotions were from, man, I'm living a dream. Right. I'm coaching. A, I'm a head coach in the National Football League, and in my second year, I get to the Super Bowl. And then he hear a powerful rendition of the national anthem. I think it all got to him because there were a couple of players that were crying as well when mm -hmm. the national anthem was played. So, you know, you know, you know it. You know, a memes memes coming out. But I thought I thought it was genuine. I don't think it was faked in any way. I agree. I what thought also. Um, I, I thought Babyface did a good job with America the Beautiful. Mm. I, I had just yes. you know been able to catch that too. I, so I thought you know pretty strong all, all around. I I couldn't. Derek, I was so locked in on the game, honest to God. I, I couldn't tell you one commercial. I couldn't tell you one that stood out, one that was bad, any of it. I, yeah, I have yeah. no I, earthly idea. Did you did they pick up on any of that? No, no, not at all. I did not. No. Uh, did you also know that for the first time ever, the flyover after the national anthem was done was by an all-female jet crew? Really I mentioned cool. that on a pregame show, and Seth and Missinelli are like, Deacon, where do you get these stats from? I said, dude, I just do research. And mm -hmm. I saw that, you know, we talk about change. We talk about the significance of history in sports. First of all, we talked about the first time ever two black quarterbacks facing off in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But that's historic also. The first time a flyover ever done by an all-female crew. Yeah. That was that awesome, dude. You're right. That's progress. Yeah. Progress in this country is way too slow in a lot of areas. The bottom line is it comes. Yep. Yeah. It does come. I so. I'm with you. All right. And by the way, I apologize. I'm not able to bring up anybody's uh, comments because of my oh. setup right now. But uh, if you guys want to fire questions our way when we come back regarding the game, regarding, you know, where the where the things are headed this offseason for the Eagles, uh, we will do that. All right. When we come back from this time out, uh, we'll, I will just simply read them off and Derek will read them off. We won't be able to bring them up. But, you know, the, we will. We will grab the best ones, that's for sure. Uh, we'll get to as many as we can get to. We'll mix in some other stuff, Derek, like we usually do, our birthdays yep. and our movies and all that good stuff. So we will uh, we'll hit all that when we come back. Sixers playing tonight. They made a little minor move, which we'll uh, alert you to as well. And we'll continue to talk about the Eagles. So don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. 
I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right back. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. back yes final segment of the program thanks for hanging out today we do appreciate it uh barrett will be back tomorrow he's in route that's not an easy fight uh he said it back from arizona that their um their post-game show got a little interesting <laughs> our buddy michael b uh went off uh <laughs> See, the we, can, of, we, can, say, we can say some of the things that he said, Derek. I don't know that he could say some of the things that he said on that show. Just the look on Barrett's face when Michael said two words repeatedly um, was worth the price of admission. And Barrett's like, 
Okay, yep. where do we go from here? Yeah. Well, I can see I can see the wheels turning. Like Barrett is like, hmm, I didn't know we could curse. Meanwhile, no, you can't, but okay. Uh, uh, maybe just keep it moving. That what you can say on YouTube, you cannot say on over the airwaves TV in a lot of cases. Yes. And you know, sometimes Michael does get animated, and boy, did he get animated on that post-game show right off the top. So yeah. Well, wow. See what happens. Yeah, Michael might be in the principal's office. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. You know <laughs> where that might go. Oh come. man. Um, all right. So the Sixers making a move. They are bringing in Dwayne Dedman at, into that 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 vortex of a backup center spot with oh, Montrez Harrell and B-ball Paul Reed and uh, you know, like to me, this is such a non like he he's not an upgrade he's just a guy like he's there's nothing there with Dwayne why Dedman. make why make the move why yeah. what's he gonna give you what, what, what and who's 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 playing time is he going to take for that somebody's got to be moving on I think I I don't know they played a night uh or but somebody hurt I, I, yeah maybe a fake something I, I don't know what's gonna happen but it's like did you really help yourself yeah no no not really no, no. you know I don't know. They had a very quiet deadline too, Derek. Like they didn't. It was it was Jalen McDaniel's, and that was it. And and even with that said, how much is that going to help him? Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, you needed to make a splash move. Now you're not. You weren't going to make a move to the degree of what Dallas did and what Phoenix did. But there was a whole lot of movement for good players that could have really helped you. And you didn't make a move for any of them. Well, what they did was they got under the luxury tax. That's what they did. And fans don't want to hear that at all. For, no, for, no. for Josh Harris, no. who's a multi-billionaire. And and for a guy who's contemplating buying the Washington Commanders, yep. who already who already owns the New Jersey Devils. They don't want to hear that. No. Nope. You nope. this team this it's already etched in his team in the fan base's mind. This team is going to bow out in the first or second round again this year. Yeah. And to be honest with you. I can't disagree with them right now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not so sure they can beat Cleveland in a seven-game series. Uh, oh, no. I, I, I'm I, not convinced of that at all. Like, to me, if you ask me right now how this sets up, it sets up like they win the first round, like they generally do. No, and then they're probably done. Like, they would play – and this isn't going to be easy either. They play Miami right now, Derek. Yeah. So well, You know what, Rob? If, if somehow, some way, if they face the Knicks in the first round, the Knicks giving them he- all kind of heck. You know, I, I think the Knicks would be a big problem. Nick, to me, the Knicks would be a bigger problem than Miami would for them, and if they have to yeah. face Knicks in the early round. That's you know, yeah, Knicks, yeah. Knicks, Knicks made a move, brought in a good guard. You know, yeah. and they took their Sixers team down to the wire, lost the game, but the Knicks are going to figure it out. They, yeah. they, they're going to be a problem for somebody in the first round. I'm with you. So, yeah, I'm with you there uh, for sure. So. um and the Sixers over the weekend beat Brooklyn uh, in in Brooklyn, almost uh, a game tying three ball uh, from Spencer Didwitty, but it, he, he just the buzzer just sounded after he got rid of the Ooh, uh, what a uh, shot! Crazy. Oh my god, uh, unbelievable! I thought um, they were going to overtime. To be honest, it felt that way. Yeah, it felt that the Sixers trailed basically that whole game, and then it just came back at the very yeah. end. Yep. Um, I, I want to swing back to a, the conversation that we were having before we took a timeout, just real quick here. Let's say Steichen leaves. Yeah. Do is it as simple as they elevate Brian Johnson, who the, who the quarterbacks coach, or 
do they look to go from the outside? And then same thing from the defense. Is it, if Gannon leaves, is it Denard Wilson, who's, who's highly thought of uh, the defensive backs? Co- like, how, how do you see this working out or do they go out of, you know, out of the organization here? All the whispers have been moving towards Brian Johnson being elevated. And supposedly he is an up and coming star among coaching ranks in the national football league. And of course is the rarity, um, it, uh, I saw it several times where it says it's not often you have a black quarterback coach in the National Football League. Right. Um, so now he gets an opportunity to move himself up to a coordinator position. Uh, that would be the logical choice since he knows the system. Sirianni knows him. It's not like you're relearning somebody you got to bring in all over again. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Johnson has watched both Steichen and Sirianni well in terms of what they like to do down in distant situations. The analytics have filled in all the gaps for them, so that that takes out a lot of the thinking process in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think that I think they elevate from within and and, and move Johnson up. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, okay, all right. And defensively, I think it would be in their best interest to go outside of the organization and look. Not to say that somebody in house can't do it, but. You know, the big names, all the big names of Ryan Flores, the Vic, Vic Fangio's, they're gone. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are names out there that we don't even know about, that, that they know about in the inner circle who has potential. And I think you go out and, and scour the countryside, interview everybody you have to interview, um, and, and who knows? You, you may find what you're looking for outside, in that case more so than inside. I don't know if I want somebody who's been under the tutelage of Jonathan Gannon. I really mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, to be honest with you. Um, one last thing about the the game last night, and again, yeah. this is not excuse making because both teams were dealing with it. How, in God's name, is that turf that they spent eight hundred thousand dollars on? Okay, that they grow outside. We all know that you know it's such a unique situation that they have, you know, et cetera. How does that happen, Derek? Because Jordan Maialata described it as a water park. He mm. said it was like a being on a water park out there. And other guys, not and both teams, I'm talking Chiefs too, said it's the worst conditions they ever played on, non, you know, like playing in a monsoon where it's pouring or something. They said it's, it was the worst conditions they ever played on. It was particularly slippery in the middle of the field. They said the middle of the field was worse than any other spot on the field. How? On the your grandest of stage, you got guys falling left and right during the game. They're very lucky somebody didn't tear an ankle or an ACL or an Achilles in the game because both teams were slipping and sliding all over the place. If you remember the punt return by Tony, when he started to the left side, before he reversed direction, he slipped a couple of times before he regained his footing and looped around to the right mm-hmm. side and picked up that big punt return. Um, they used the field uh, surface called Tacoma 31. And it's a field surface that's been in development since 2006. And it's funded by the USGA, the United States Golf Association, which means they're using it on a lot of the courses. The the difference is you walk up and down on a golf course. You're not running full speed, cutting on a dime on this stuff. It's a mixture of Bermuda and rye grass. It's supposed to be more durable. They've been looking, the NFL has been looking for a more durable surface. And in this particular case for the Super Bowl, they wanted a, a, a surface that could handle a week's worth of practicing for the halftime show on the field, of people constantly walking on the field to get it ready, um, pregame show, halftime show, postgame show. 
and they felt they had arrived at the perfect solution with this grass. Well, as we saw it play itself out, that is not the case. And now they got to go back to the drawing board because think about this. What if they had to call a game at some point because the grass was ripping up too much? Now, the grass you already had in there for the Super Bowl, I mean, uh, for Arizona's regular season, which was a rye grass, it was a perfect grass any other time. All of a sudden, you decide to try a new grass at the Super Bowl? I can see you trying to get at a regular um, uh, collegiate level. Let's not experiment uh, for this game. No, no. I mean, think about the Eagle when Andy Reid was here. Had a, had a, a pre was Andy Reid when the preseason game was canceled at the Lincoln, yeah against the Ravens against the Ravens because the turf was coming up because they had just put in new grass, new sod. Yep. yep. Do you imagine how embarrassing that would have been if they had to call the game at after a quarter or halftime because it's unplayable? You know, so so the NFL has a little egg on his face in that regard. They got to go back to the drawing board. Now there was a rumor out there. That the guy who designed the grass was a guy's last name was Tacomi. What's it called? Tacoma. Huh? What's it called? It's going to drive me nuts. Not George Tahoma. 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 31. So supposedly the guy developed it was a guy named George Tahoma, who's 94 years old, uh, had been around um, sodding fields for for like 70 years. He's known as the sod father of, of field turf. And he happens to be from what? Now, this is what the story goes. He's from Kansas City, and people believe that the Chiefs had the inside track on what shoes to wear for this stuff. I don't know if they did or not because they were slip sliding away just like the Eagles were in this turf. But, yeah. you know, um, so you don't you don't pick the Super Bowl, the last most important game of the season, to experiment with the grass. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the league learned this lesson. Now, granted, Players talk about slipping on the paint as well because when they paint the field, the paint is so so defined and it's so thick on there because they want to make sure the logo is there, whatever it is, Super Bowl 55, 56, 57, and then the two teams' logos in the end zone. Um, and so the lines are painted heavy, so they're heavier. And players a lot of times slip on that paint once it dries. But this went beyond the paint. Man, this could have been very detrimental to the safety and the health of a lot of players in that game. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um all right, let, let's uh, let's do some birthdays and some movies, Gunner, and we'll swing birthday. it back to uh, put some, put a bow on the Eagles' thoughts on this Monday. All right, um, Randy Moss today, forty six yep. years old. Yes, sir. Is Randy Moss, uh, Chuck Yeager, who broke the uh, the sound barrier, mm-hmm. um, and and was also just an unbelievable uh, military man, fought in World War II and Vietnam. Just to give a little perspective on on what this guy did, just yep. insane was born on this day in 1923. Uh, Kelly Hugh, who is an actress, been around for a while. Uh, she Scorpion is... King. Uh, yeah. Rob. Yeah. That's, that's a category of strong. She, I agree with you. That's that's I, strong. There haven't been a lot of steps lost there with her. No, 55 no. years old and still strong. Exactly. Agreed. Uh, Peter Gabriel, the, uh, the yep. singer, form, formerly Genesis, a lot of solo hits, uh, 73 years old. Stocker Channing, who played uh, Rizzo in Greece, seventy nine. Robbie Williams, the singer, is forty nine years old. George Segal, the actor, was born on this day, nineteen thirty four. Passed away, I think, last year. Yep. He was for the Goldbergs. Uh, Kim Novak, the actress, is I think ninety. Ninety years old. Yep. Yep. Um, Neil McDonough, really good actor, kind of underrated. He's in a lot of stuff. He's fifty seven years old today. Uh, Mina Savari, who was in um, 
She's a lot of stuff. The, in the American Pie movie series, that, that stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's 44 today. Henry Rollins, the singer activist, is 62 years old today. Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, Derek, is 76 yeah. years old today, is Coach K. Um, Dude, you look at his resume, five yeah. national titles, 13 Final Fours, 15 ACC tournament championships, and 13 regular season titles, man. Insane. Woo! And second to none, really. I mean, right oh, other than Wood, maybe, you know, I mean, he's he's in every conversation, certainly modern day. Um, keep to leap 37 years old today. Uh, Jerry Springer is 79 years young today. Peter Torque of the monkeys was born on this day in 1942. The only monkey still left is Mickey. Did you know that they're all yep. the rest of them are gone? Yes, I did. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that's all I got birthdays. You got any other ones? Oh my goodness. Uh, let's see. We got Daniel Jeremiah, who was a Christian author and founder of turning point radio network, 82 years old. Uh, Denise Austin, remember her, the exercise, uh, she was big in her day with all the exercise videotapes and all that stuff. Yeah, I do remember that name. Dude, she's yeah. 66 now. Jeez, man. Uh, Hal Moore. Hal Moore is the one who led the uh, 7th Cavalry into a significant battle in Vietnam in the early 60s, and they made the movie We Are we Were Soldiers with uh, Mel Gibson in the starring role. Uh, oh, that's – yeah, that's right. Highly decorated uh, lieutenant lieutenant general in the, um, in, in the Army. Uh, huh. Lieutenant Colonel in the army. Okay. Um, and yeah, so he, he, uh, passed away in 2017 at the age of 94, Tennessee, Ernie Ford. Remember him? Yeah. Good old yeah. country singer. Um, yeah. Carol Lindley, who was, uh, in the, the original Poseidon adventure in 1972. She is 77. Ken Carter. Remember the movie coach K with Samuel L. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Ken Carter is, uh, 64 years old. He's not coaching anymore. Kendall Fuller, cornerback, is 28. Matt Sundin, former NHL player, 52 yeah. now. Yeah, he had a big-time uh, career. Let's see. Luke Ridner, former NBA player, is 41. Mm -hmm. uh, Eddie Robinson, the the, the long and, and lustrous coach of Grambling. Yeah. Uh, he was 88 when he passed away in 2007. And former NFL running back Michael Turner, 41. Okay. So yeah, I, I, speaking of speaking of um, Eddie Robinson, they prior to the game they honored Doug Williams. Yes, um, because it was 35 years since he became the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. So it was, was kind of cool. Harold Carmichael was the representative for the Eagles, yeah. which I which I liked. Um, and Doug, I'm trying to remember who it was for Kansas City. Uh, it was um, oh god, one of their old offensive linemen. I can't think of. Uh, yeah, I saw him standing in the end zone waving, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, movies. I, I don't have a ton here. Wedding Singer, uh, 1998. Yep. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, the original, I guess it was, in 2015. Did, did you watch Not that Not a one? ton else. Though. Did you watch Fifty Shades of Grey? Uh, just, for, just for show research. <laughs> oh, man. Breaking down, break down that film. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Actually, yeah. I, I honestly haven't seen it. I swear I haven't seen it. I have not. I tell hey, you, Rob, I did. Hey, hey, Rob. Okay. I got sure you. you have, sure you haven't, buddy. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> got wait, Friday, wait, you got Friday the 13th from 2009. The remake, yep. Uh, you got The Kingsman, uh, Secret Service, 2015. Yeah. That was a good movie, by the way. It, it was. Uh, the comedy Fist Fight with Ice Cube. 
uh, came out in 2017. He's a high school teacher and he's a bully teacher. And uh, one of the guys that played in, um, what's, what's the movie? Um, the comedy, his birthday was just recent. We mentioned his name. Uh, it's another, like more like wimpy teacher at the high school and Ice Cube challenges him to a fist fight after school and he gets all over the school that he's got to fight Ice Cube. Uh, Confession of a Shopaholic. My kids uh -huh. like that movie. I didn't like that movie. Yeah. And the original Cabaret, 1972. Okay. All right. Good yep. Good work there. All right. So um, the next couple days from an Eagles perspective will uh, be what? Exit interviews. Uh, yep. yep. Physicals, exit interviews. And then they, and then they start gearing up for, for everything that, that, that comes yep. next. The, the yep. combine, free agency, the draft, you know, Absolutely. the whole nine. I mean, we're, it's upon us very, very quickly here. Uh, for players in any organization, it's time to just sit back, reflect, heal up, think about what we need to do. They already know who's not coming back. They already know who they're going to identify as priorities to try to get back. Uh, they're going to, you know, how, he, how he's going to be on road trips, all these colleges, pro days and stuff like that, combine, uh, looking at the future Philadelphia Eagles, potential future Philadelphia Eagles. Um you know, people, people we, and we talked about this on this show, I think it was right after or right before Christmas. If the Eagles didn't get to the Super Bowl, would this season be a failure? Yeah. And no, the season was not a failure. They reached their destination. They just didn't complete the mission. Right. So the final moment was a was a failure, but the season was, was a success. How he drew up a blueprint to get them to the Super Bowl. It worked like a charm. And they came within three points of completing the mission in a fashion none of us thought it would happen. We we kind of figured it might be a shootout, but we never thought the defense would be on vacation for the second half. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, the season, definitely not a failure. Final destination was. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, there's no way to look at this as a failure. And look, you have no. every right right now to be disappointed, angry, ticked off at the way that game went because I, I think they absolutely wasted an opportunity for sure. Right, right. But this was not a disappointment. You don't go as far as they went and take the you know a, a great team like Kansas City to the wire you know, to basically down to the wire yeah. like that yeah. and come away saying like the, the you know this 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 team was a disappointment. No, it was a disappointing ending. Yep. But it wasn't a disappointing season by any no, stretch. And, the, no. you know, more than anything else, Derek, you you figured something out that's really important in that league. You got a quarterback. Yep. You know, it wasn't all that long ago where we still weren't sure. You're right. You're right about that. And he uh, he ascended up the ranks a lot quicker than anybody expected. Um, he is the perfect leader for what this organization wants. He is the complete opposite of what Carson Wentz was to this organization. Well, and the fact that um, Jeffrey Lurie has already come out prior to the Super Bowl and said he has nothing left to prove in terms of bringing a franchise quarterback tells you this young man's about to get paid at the tender age of 24. Mm -hmm. About to get yeah. paid, and rightfully so. And everything that they do draft-wise or yeah. free agency is going to be dictated off of that because think about it. Yeah. If you have to pay him and you let's say you make the decision, hey, we're not bringing back James Bradbury because of what we're paying uh, Jalen, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden that might be where you go at number 10. Uh, yep. We're 
we're going to be able to get him back at a better rate than we thought. So we can bring Brad Bradbury back. However, we need help now at the edge rushing position or yep. whatever. It, like there's so many dominoes off of this, which makes me think this thing probably gets done. I don't know, relatively quickly. Or do you think this thing drags on the entire summer or spring summer? How he does like to drag stuff on. Um, I think there'll be a lot of give and take probably already has been, but I think they'll arrive at this hopefully before that, yeah. you know, that's, that's one they want to put to bed real quick and not have to worry about it because they have so many other things to worry about. You just mentioned the 17 potential free agents, nine were starters on this team. You know, they have, they got to, they got to replenish the cupboards, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I know they want to do it from within more so than having to go outside and getting outside help. But those on the inside looking out fully realize this is our money-making year. You know, yeah. I'm sure the representatives have told them that. Um, that's the only way you can approach it. I mean, as much as people want certain people to stay here and be here, it's a business, dude. It's a mm -hmm. business. And the, your, your tenure in the business is so short. Any and every dollar I can make – Above and beyond what I ever imagined, I've got to seriously consider it. Amen. Amen. All right. That'll do it for us for today. Barrett will be back tomorrow. Uh, I want to thank Xander Krause, producing the program. I want to thank all of you in the chat section, all of you streaming and listening. By the way, and, and great job by everybody the entire football season. Like, we're Absolutely. not going anywhere. We're going to keep yeah. this thing rolling for sure. But, uh, you know, it's, just been, it's been a blast just, just going hardcore, as we'll continue to do, kicking around the Eagles. Sorry uh, you got stuck with me today. Sorry, same uh, you know same with you um all right barrett's back tomorrow you don't want to go anywhere you got the national football show coming up with dan cilio so gunner and i and barrett back at the same time 12 eastern to three for three hours of power tomorrow thanks for hanging out with us everybody have a great monday we will see you tomorrow we are sports day fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean 